KOPN Columbia 89.5 FM. My name is Mike Hagan. You're listening to Radio Orbit. We'll be back in just a minute. Rush around to shops and stores. We spend our nights behind closed doors. With arms around our first class horse. And we all want something more. So we cut ourselves with words.
All right, there you have it. That's The Breeze. And my good friend Ruth Acuff singing it up there for Rutherford. And it's Mike. Radio Orbit, KOPN Columbia, 89.5 FM. Good to be with you all tonight on the 6th of November. Already November. And we're closing in on 2007 time and space moving faster and faster than ever, I guess. So, anyway, let's get down to it. Thanks to everybody uh, before the program setting us up. Debbie, Free Range Radio Theater, always great stuff. Doing some more Orson Welles for us tonight, next week, and every week at 10 p.m. Free Range Radio Theater, just before this program. And before Debbie gets on the air, we have Kelvin and Jason. They do a three-hour music program called Jazz Plus Blues Equals Full Moon Madness. Uh, Tech Radio, always informative before them. Jeff Wheeler starts things out uncommon light from 3 to 5 p.m., getting things going every Monday, and uh, wonderful stuff that I'm a part of on Monday nights at KOPN. So thanks, for everybody, for uh, being here. And we've got a great program lined up for you tonight. Uh, David John Oates. I'll tell you a little bit more about my guest in just a little while here, but his name is David John Oates. If you're interested in what's going on, you can hop on the web and... Uh, Type in www.mikehagan.com. And from there, you can click right over to David's site and see what he's about. But uh, I'll give you two words to talk about what's going to happen later. It's called backwards speech. Okay, I won't say any more than that. Figure it out, all right? All right, big thank you to the Bard, of course, Kent Stedman, cyberspaceorbit.com. Last week, a wonderful show, as always, entertaining when Kent's with us. And you got to listen close because you never know when he's going to drop a bombshell. So, uh, wonderful stuff. And if you missed it and you need to get that close listen, just go on the web and go to the archives and you can listen all you like. All right. Anyway, we also had music last week from Painfully Midwestern Records. The most recent uh, release from Painfully Midwestern. It's called Das Compilation. And it's a group of a whole bunch of different bands all put together on Painfully Midwestern's most recent release. And we heard a bunch of stuff from it last week. We may actually hear another song or two from that tonight. And Jason Kafer, who is involved with uh, the program, it's on a little bit earlier in the evening, Jazz Plus Blues Equals Soul, or Equals Something. Uh, Jason is actually the proprietor of Painfully Midwestern Records, and he's done a great job of putting that stuff together. And I congratulate him and everyone who is a part of that. So, all right, thanks to the people who have been... Um, making great music and sharing with us, all right? Okay, if you missed the show, like I said, it's on the web, www.mikehagan.com. Go to the program archives or the music archives, either way, depending on what you're looking for, and you can have access to all of this uh, wonderful audio candy. All right, what else? Um, like I said, tonight, David John Oates. All right, his uh, website, if you don't want to go directly over there to my website, you can always go right over to David's www.reversespeech.com, just the way it sounds, reversespeech.com. The, the reverse speech story, at least from my perspective, is one that, uh, I don't know, it's just a curious one. Maybe 10, 11, 12 years ago, I don't know, something in the mid-90s, maybe even earlier than that, I heard this guy, David John Oates, and he was on the Art Bell program, Coast to Coast with Art Bell. And... Anyway, he was playing clips of uh, people speaking and conversations and this sort of thing. And then, and then he had, uh, you know, back then we didn't have digital technology, and it was an analog tape player or whatever. And then, they, and then he would rig it where he could play it backwards, and and uh, you know, you could uh, 
decide for yourself, but uh, many people heard phrases that uh, uh, would would come out when you played the stuff in reverse. So anyway, uh, 12 years passed, and um, a few weeks ago I sort of serendipitously ran across David John Oates again and uh, asked him if he'd like to be on the program, and he said, yeah, and this weekend... Worked, or this uh, this Monday worked out perfect. So anyway, that's what we're going to do. We're going to talk to David John Oates, and we're going to do reverse speech, and we're going to do some examples, and we'll have him tell us about uh, what he thinks is the science behind it. And uh, we'll, as always, we won't pass judgment. We'll just sort of check it out and um, and see what he has to say. But I, but I was very interested in it the first couple times I heard about it because there was, I don't know, something in it just sort of made sense to me. I think the general concept, and I probably shouldn't speak for David. We'll we'll, we'll ask him obviously, but. I think the general idea is something like this, that, you know, when you speak, uh, you choose what you say. And you can choose to say things that are true, or you can choose to say things that are false. You can choose to deceive people, or, uh, you know, lie. Or you can choose to be honest and tell the truth. And I think one of the things, at least, that comes out of this reverse speech phenomenon, uh, supposedly or reportedly, is that it's sort of like a, like a truth detector. That, you know, if you're, if you're not being truthful, if you're lying, if you're being deceitful, you can say whatever you want. You can tell the lie with your lips, with, you know, normal human speech. But you can't stop the psyche from expressing the truth of the matter. And I think what David uh, tries to show is that sometimes that pops up in unexpected and uh, interesting places. And sometimes uh, in the backward playing of human speech, you might hear hints and uh, phraseology that might indicate that the forward speech is legitimate or not. So that's what, uh, that's what we'll be talking about a little bit later with, J- uh, with uh, David John Oates. So check him out one more time on the web, www.reversespeech.com. All right, we'll also be mixing up some music that we've heard over the last month or two, a bunch of songs from different people, different artists who I've had uh, recently on the show or who've been requested. We have um, a couple songs that have been requested by, uh, by listeners over the last week or so. So we'll do that. As I said, we started things off with the wonderful vocals of Ruth Acuff. The song is called The Breeze. Ruth is a member of a local band called Rutherford. And uh, Jeff Mueller, or Jeff Muller, is sort of her partner in that project, and there are a couple other people involved in it. And uh, I'm going to try to have Ruth and Jeff here in the station with me, or in the studio with me, sometime over the next month or two. But anyway, wonderful stuff, and Ruth's got just the most beautiful voice. I just think that uh, she's fantastic. And that song can be heard on their CD that was released earlier this year called Mapping Out Chaos. And again, it's a local independently released a bunch of music from Rutherford. Thanks to Ruth and Jeff and everybody else for putting that out and, uh, and for sharing it with me, okay? All right, uh, more good music throughout the program tonight. Uh, speaking of that, let's play another one, all right? And I'll sort of get my act together here, and we'll be back after that. Okay, it's KOPN 89.5 FM, and it's Mike Hagan on the web, MikeHagan.com. You listen to Radio Orbit. Uh, We started off with one of my favorite ladies. We'll do it again here and play another one of my favorite local ladies. And uh, this one is from Lizzie. Lizzie West and the White Buffalo. 
Check it out right here. It's Mike. You listen to Radio Orbit, KOPN Columbia. We'll be back in just a few minutes. I think this one's sort of for the elections tomorrow, by the way. He didn't 
go and do it again. Oh! And Lizzie West and the White Buffalo. It's Mike, you're listening to Radio Orbit, KOPN Columbia, 89.5 FM. Let me take care of a little bit of business here. Back in just a minute. Hi, this is Tony Friedman with your official Chuck Norris moment. It is scientifically impossible for Chuck Norris to have had a mortal father. The most popular theory is that he went back in time and fathered himself. This has been Tony Friedman with your official Chuck Norris moment. That's right. Thank you, Tony. All right, it's Mike. You listen to Radio Orbit, KOPN Columbia, 89.5 FM. And it's about 11.22 now on the 6th of November, 2006. Good to be with you here. Let's see. What should we do here? Well, first of all, hello to everybody listening over the web or listening over the traditional airwaves, live or otherwise. We are streaming live right now and every week via Cosmic Waves Radio Network on the web at www.cosmicwavesradio.com. Thanks to all the girls and guys over there for making it happen for us every Monday live on the web. And thanks also to Larry, the wonderful web wizard, as always, doing great stuff. There's always something interesting for you on the website that Larry's got set up. So uh, go on down there, www.mikehagan.com, and see what's happening, all right? Speaking of Larry, he's... A pretty talented uh, digital artist as well. He's all he's talented at all kinds of things, but you should see some of the uh, the, the images he creates. He's done this uh, this great sort of play on the monolith concept from 2001: a Space Odyssey. If you've never seen that movie, you should. Uh, of course, Arthur C. Clarke and Stanley Kubrick, who we've we, we, you know we've spoken about 2001. A Space Odyssey on the air at length with Jay Widener and, well, talked about it quite a bit, actually. And the monolith is this amazing image, you know, uh, if you've ever seen the movie. So anyway, Larry's done some great stuff with that. You can check that out on the web. And in fact, uh, I think Kent's got one of his images up on his front page right now at cyberspaceorbit.com. If you're not familiar with Kent, uh, Kent Stedman's who I'm talking about, he was on the program last week, he's a friend of mine and someone who's on the program regularly, and he is the proprietor of a website called cyberspaceorbit.com, and we all sort of network out there, you know, anyway, he grabbed a piece of Larry's art, and he's got it up on the uh, on the front page of his site, and his site's outrageously cool, if you've never been over to his orbit, this is my orbit, but uh, Kent's got his own, so, anyway, alright, uh, thanks to Larry for doing all that great stuff, alright, everybody else out there, sending art and music, thank you, awesome, send more, more and more, we love it. And uh, one more time, hats off to Larry for putting it all together on the web. Check it out. Let me know what you think. Just go over to MikeHagan.com and you'll have access to everything that we're doing. And I hope you like it. A lot of work goes into it. And it's a labor of love, of course, though. Really cool stuff. And I hope you enjoy it as well. Okay? So anyway, take a look-see and let us know what you think. The forum, of course, over there has been busy. There are some interesting topics that are discussed there all the time. And tonight, as always, we have a live chat room that's up and active. People in there peeking in and out to uh, participate and uh, converse with us as we move forward with the program. If you're interested in that and you're listening over the web, or if you're uh, just listening over the radio, you know you can still get on the web and go into the chat room and post questions or comments up there. I'll peek in there every once in a while for 
exactly that sort of thing. And I encourage my guests as well as listeners, you know, to join us in the chat and the forum. All right. Okay, my email address if you want to get a hold of me, Orbit Radio, O-R-B-I-T-R-A-D-I-O, Orbit Radio at AOL.com, www.MikeHagan, M-I-K-E-H-A-G-A-N.com. And let's talk a little bit about upcoming guests. i got some great stuff lined up for the rest of uh, uh, 2006. Tonight, as I said, David John Oates will be talking about reverse speech and playing a bunch of examples of this, too. And you can, you know, make of it what you will. Uh, but I tell you, it's worth uh, it's worth a listen, for sure. There's enough other wacky stuff out there. Might as well listen to reverse speech and see what we make of that, okay? Uh, next week, I think we're going to do an open line show. Unless something comes up, we'll do open lines, open chat, catch up on the news, and uh, just see what's happening, all right? The week after that, Father Thomas Doyle, he's a Catholic priest who was a Vatican insider, and has an amazing, interesting background. He's now on the S list, if you know what I mean. Uh, he's not a favorite of the Vatican these days, but um, the reason he's not a favorite is because he's speaking out about things that he's seen, things that he knows, things that he's tried to expose and to bring to light and to correct certain problems. So anyway, Father Tom Doyle will be on the program on the 20th of November. And you might just... Do a quick Google on Father Doyle, and it'll bring you a little bit more up to speed with what I'm talking about. I'll, I'll, I'll clarify as we move closer to that uh, to that particular program. Anyway, the 27th, Professor Lewis Greenberg, an amazing man who was friends and uh, a scientific peer, actually did some editing and writing uh, along with his friendship with Emmanuel Velikovsky, and we'll sp- uh, we'll speak with uh, Professor Greenberg on the 20, uh, 27th of November. That is going to be outrageous. And I mean, I've been a huge, huge enthusiast and a proponent, at least for the uh, investigation, you know, of the works of Velikovsky. And if you're not familiar with Emmanuel Velikovsky, he was a psychologist, a psychiatrist, and a, a philosopher, and an archaeologist, and an historian, uh, but he also had uh, some really interesting ideas about cosmology and the way the world worked, the way the solar system worked, the way it was formed, and all this sort of stuff. And he was considered a complete heretic in his day, uh, but he was a very, very smart and uh, intuitive guy. And there are some people that recognize that, and Professor Greenberg is one of them. And we're going to get the inside scoop on Emmanuel Velikovsky with uh, Professor Lewis Greenberg in just a few weeks, okay? All right, what else? <clears throat> December the 4th. I don't have anything lined up for the 4th of December. The 11th, we'll have Jack Cole. He's the executive director of LEAP. LEAP is uh, an acronym, L-E-A-P. It stands for Law Enforcement Against Prohibition. And uh, we'll have a great conversation with Jack Cole about drugs and drug policy. Jay Widener back on the program on the 18th of December. Approaching the solstice on the 21st, of course. And the halfway point between the year 2000 and 2012. Or at least the solstice on 2012. 
So we'll have Jay Widener on the air with us on the 18th of December, talk about his film, 2012 The Odyssey. We'll talk about a new book that he has out uh, about alchemy and film. Jay's amazing, and I'm really excited to talk with him again. I always love talking to Jay. All right, what else? Dale Pendell, that's still sort of pending. Uh, Jim Beard, my Lakota grandfather, will be on the program maybe on the 4th of December. That's what I'm shooting for with Jim. Uh, Stephen Buner, sometime soon. Wow, here's one for you. Sort of ties in with the Father Thomas Doyle show, but it hasn't been confirmed yet, but I'm in contact with former Nebraska Senator John DeCamp. And another quick Google will show you what that's all about, and you might include uh, the words Franklin, uh, Franklin cover-up or something like that if you want to know more about John DeCamp, but uh, he's a former state uh, state senator from Nebraska, an attorney, a very powerful man in, in Nebraska at one time, and an amazingly courageous guy who's, uh, well, again, I'll tell you more about John DeCamp as we move closer to that program. If you're interested in it, it's not hard to find out. Okay. All right. Uh, let's see. I think we'll do something here. Read a little poem. I've got a great little piece of poetry that was sent to me by one of the guys that participates in the forum. His name is Stephen, and goes by the name Hemp Penance on the forum. And I think I'll throw a little piece of music on here. Maybe something by my friend Eskimo. Yeah, like this. And I'll read that little poem to you here. From Hemp Penance. This is, a, again, a friend of mine. His name is Steve. And there's no name to this particular poem. But it's cool. These are points of which I wander. Evolution's end, a thought to ponder. We take this task upon ourselves and ask ourselves, what is it we want the world to be? What do we want our kids to see? Let them learn and learn from them imagination.
All right. I think I'll sneak in here and do that in the background. That's Esmo, my friend Brendan Angelitas from uh, San Francisco these days. The song's called Rain 320. I think I'll just sort of jump into space weather here. I'll let Brendan finish things off in the background. All right, so before I get into the regular uh, sort of orthodox space weather, I have to tell you about the Bizarro space weather. And uh, if you hop on the web, you can see some imagery of what I'm going to tell you about right now. But on the 3rd uh, of November, just a few days ago, at about 2 p.m., Universal Time, that's Greenwich Mean Time, so that's about 10 o'clock in the morning here, what, 9, 8, 8 o'clock in the morning here, we witnessed uh, this phenomenon in the area of the sun that was recorded on the SOHO space satellite, and we've seen this a bunch of times in the past, we, turned it, we, we, we termed them solar torpedoes, what they are is apparently... Well, some sort of a body. They're, the orthodox description is that these are Kreutz comets. Uh, and that they are sun grazers, and every once in a while they, they come in and you know, just uh, actually penetrate into the solar field, into the sun itself, and, and that's all that that is. But we've been witnessing this now for about... I don't know, eight years. I think the first one was in 1998 that we saw that was different than all of these other, you know, that was different than the typical. And uh, this was the same sort of story. And the reason that they're, ti- the reason that they're different, uh, first of all, is the, the trajectory. The SOHO satellite, the Solar Obser- uh, Observational and Heliospheric Observational Satellite, is basically stationary with regard to its position toward the sun. So the sun is always in the same perspective with regard to that spacecraft. So when you're looking at an image of the sun from Soho, you know, you're always, north is north, south is south, west is actually east, because it's a mirror image. But other than that, everything is the same, always, right? So the interesting thing about these, what we have termed solar torpedoes, is they always come in from the same trajectory, either 5 o'clock or 7 o'clock, plus or minus. You know, They come in from either the, the southeast or the southwest. And these particular, whatever they are, they seem to have a tremendous effect on the sun after they enter the corona or the heliosphere. So same thing happened on the 3rd of November that we've seen 12 or 13, 15 times maybe in the last 8 years. And basically, something that looks like a like a bullet doesn't look like a comet to me. Anyway, it looks like, you know, it has a distinct, I don't know, whatever. All right? It looks like a torpedo to me. All right? So anyway, it goes into the sun, and then immediately afterwards, the sun goes into a huge outburst. Gigantic, full CME, full halo CME. Uh, coronal mass ejection. That's the CME stands for coronal mass ejection, and a full halo coronal mass ejection is a big, gigantic event on the sun. And time and time again, we've seen these 
solar bullets, these torpedoes, uh, come from either the 5 o'clock or the 7 o'clock direction. Again, this is from imagery that we have from the SOHO satellite, from the SOHO spacecraft. And, man, these things enter the sun's space, and boom, you have these huge, huge outbursts. And neither Kent nor I buy into the Kreutz theory. There are plenty of people that do, and you can you know, decide that for yourself, as always. You can go look up Kreutz comets or Kreutz theory. Uh, but there's a very possible explanation in another uh, trajectory that we might be witnessing something like a plasma or electric exchange between the sun and its planets, or, or maybe it's binary. You know, Walter Cruttenden talks about you know, the sun having a binary partner. So anyway, there's electromagnetic stuff that's being uh, discounted that's possibly involved in this phenomenon as well. But anyway, these solar torpedoes, go to Kent's site, or go to my site and go over to the forum, and you can see we're talking about it over there. But uh, anyway, go look at it. And, and, if you're, and if you're not convinced by the one you see, go look at the historical ones, because the, they happen again and again and again. And they're not random, these particular ones. At least that's the way it seems to me. All right, what else? Uh, speaking of the sun, there's a sunspot that just sort of peaked its way around the eastern limb, and it is erupting and throwing big giant clouds of magnetic gas up above the surface of the sun. Not long ago, there was a big explosion that produced a giant shortwave radio burst. You know, it's interesting. You get all the different uh, frequencies and wavelengths in the spectrum, but... Anyway, for people that were listening on shortwave, they said it was just like a freight train. And uh, what else is happening? On the 8th of November, in a couple of days, Mercury is going to transit the sun, crossing from one side of our star to the other. It'll take about five hours to do that. We'll be able to see it from the northern hemisphere here. And interestingly, the sunspot that I'm talking about uh, just a moment ago might pass right by Mercury as it passes uh, over the surface of the sun. So... If you're a sky watcher, it's a good opportunity for great photography, probably. Okay, This uh, sunspot area is called uh, 921, by the way, designated sunspot 921. It's still relatively active. It's sort of decaying, but uh, certainly still harbors energy for some large flares. So we'll keep our eye on that. And interestingly enough, Mercury might be zipping right by as that uh, sunspot moves in the opposite direction across the surface of the sun. All right, what else? Uh, November 6th through the 10th, the workshop on dissecting the Milky Way. There you go. Nice. Got to cut everything up. We always have the same types of metaphors. Dissecting the Milky Way. Uh, Atom smashers. Big bangs. Everything's about, you know, explosions and destruction. Anyway, November 7th, uh, the 10th anniversary of the Mars Global Surveyor launch. Believe it or not, it's been 10 years since the MGS mission uh, took off. Also, the 40th anniversary of Lunar Orbiter 2, 1966, on the same day, November 7th. Uh, November 8th, as I I said, Mercury transits the Sun. November 8th is also Edmund Haley's 350th birthday. If he were still alive, he'd be 350 years old. Edmund Haley, of course, was an English astronomer who calculated the orbit of um, the comet that we now call Halley's Comet. And he was actually a supporter of, of Newton. 
and uh, Sir Isaac Newton, that is, of course. And anyway, lots of great stories in the histories of these people. And certainly Edmund Halley, no different. What else we have going on here? Speaking of 40th anniversaries, 1966, November 11th, Gemini 12. That was Jim Lovell and Buzz Aldrin before the, uh, you know, the the uh, infamous Apollo 13. Jim Lovell, same guy, different mission. What else? Uh, a bunch of asteroids and comets zipping by as always. 25th anniversary of the space shuttle Columbia launch on November 12th. That was in 1981, of course. Uh, Seth Nicholson, another interesting astronomer, would be 115 years old today. He was born in 1891, if he were still alive. Went to Drake University. Uh, was uh, Did a lot of work at Mount Wilson. Okay. All right, I think that's about it for space weather, okay? We're going to take a short break here. I'll come back, and we'll talk a little bit about some things that are in the news. And then we'll talk with David John Oates, live from Australia, by the way. So I'm going to get him on the phone right now. We'll come back in uh, in just a couple and talk with you more, okay? It's Mike. You're listening to Radio Orbit, KOPN Columbia, 89.5 FM. And if you want to get a leg up, hop on the web and go over to Mike Hagan, H-A-G-A-N.com, and you can find out a little bit about me, a little bit about my guest tonight, David John Oates. All right, as I said, I'm interested in um, lots of this new music that's come out, and Jason turned me on to it, but here's one from Sherelle C. Limes. I played it last week, I'm going to play it again. It's called A Toast to the Month of July. I like it. Back in just a minute, this is Mike, you to Radio Orbit. It's KOPN Columbia.
check it out, check it out. Let's take a ride back to the day when we was all living high. You remember chilling on a Saturday night, nothing to touch the way that we felt inside. So alive and breathing, or were we dreaming of a paradise full of life? Believing we were chasing dreams and memories of a life we were stealing, feeling. Looking for heaven till we got caught stealing. We had to question exact true meaning. We looked deep into the soul to find the source of our pain. So we could let it go. We gotta be strong. Some days are beyond our control. Wisdom we will grow. And there's no place but up left to go. Look into my eyes. See the pain of a thousand years gone by. Step into my soul. Don't be afraid to love. Don't be afraid to grow. Then We'll rise above all the lies of control. If we learn the loud, there's still time. If people just quit believing the lies, we can change this world. In the blink of an eye, we don't have to die when we can all decide to stand up and stop this genocide. We don't have to fight, just walk away from the lie, and the walls come tumbling down. All around, this elite crowd, when we lift the shroud and expose these bloodlines. A choice for every man alive, let him have the voice speak now, or forever stay a slave to this game. I know that you don't like me, I said it before and I'll say it again. Life is the truth that you live, so help us stop the suffering. Let's end this slavery. Look into my eyes to see the pain of a thousand years gone by. Step into my soul, don't be afraid to love, don't be afraid to grow. We'll rise above all the lines of control when we learn a lot. Look into my eyes to see the pain of a thousand years gone by. Step into my soul. Don't be afraid to love, don't be afraid to grow. We'll rise above all the lines of control when we learn a lot. Hi, everybody. It's Mike. You're listening to Radio Orbit, KOPN Columbia, 89.5 FM. Great stuff there. That's a, a song called Learn to Love. And you may recognize the voice. The gentleman who wrote and produced and performed that, his name is Matt Presti. And there's a song called Shine that is real popular on the program. I play it once in a while. It's called Shine, and it's another song by Matt Presti. And this one is... Uh, Another great song by Matt called Learn to Love, and I had that by request. So I hope you like it, and thanks, Matt, for making this great music and for sharing it with us. Matt's not far from here. He's actually in St. Louis, and we're just a couple hundred miles, well, about 120 miles to the west of St. Louis. And wonderful talent uh, in the music and arts areas all around mid-Missouri. So, all right, one more time, thanks to Matt Presti for that great stuff. All right, let's see, what are we doing here? It is about five minutes until midnight, 
And we'll have David John Oates in just a few minutes here at the top of the hour. Got a couple minutes to do some news stories, so let's see what's going on on the web. Uh, let's see, there's one thing that I wanted to mention to you about... Um, well, there are a few stories that I've got posted up here on the uh, on the forum that are pretty interesting. One that I found is amazing. You know, this whole phenomenon of the Internet and and now multimedia being presented on the Internet and really being shared, uh, not only things like YouTube and uh, Google Video and all this stuff, but Google Earth. You know, I don't know if you're familiar with Google Earth, but it's basically a, a, a mapping software, and it's pretty slick, though, and you can sort of buzz around the planet and take a look at pretty much whatever you want. Um, and, you know, you can get reasonable resolution, you know, up to, uh, I don't know, maybe 100 meters or something like that on the ground. You know, it makes you wonder what the what the really good stuff is capable of doing. But at any rate, people who have apparently a lot of time on their hands, they just go cruising around on, like, Google Earth, and they look for anomalous you know, things, earthworks and, I don't know, anything they might find that's interesting on the surface of the planet. Well, I came across somebody who found this amazing, it looks like an earthwork to me, but whether it's an earthwork or whether it's a natural formation, it's up in Alberta, Canada, and it is a huge set of mountains or large hills that look like the face of an aboriginal Canadian, an indigenous North American. It looks, I mean, it's amazing. And you can find it on more than just one of these uh, tools. You know, TerraServer does the same thing. There are a couple other ones. But anyway, I, I checked it out to make sure it wasn't a Photoshop deal. And it wasn't. Uh, anyway, it's, a, it's this amazing image that shows up on the landscape in Alberta, in Canada. And you can check it out yourself in Google Maps. There's the... You know, they give you the coordinates or whatever. Or just go to my website and hop on the forum and go over there and look for the uh, the thread that says Huge Aboriginal Earthwork in Alberta, Canada. Anyway, lots of people talking about it, and I just think it's amazing, especially with you know my own interest in, and background in the, the Native American traditions. So anyway, wonderful stuff happening. I say, you know, the, the, the ancestors are speaking. Well, they're always speaking, but they're starting to speak loud. That's what I think, at least. Uh, let's see, what else? Um, octopus. Here's a wonderful story. Octopus, genius of the deep. This is from uh, The Independent in London. Author William Burroughs saw the octopus as a highly emotional creature, liable to change red with lust or pale green with fear. But in British laboratories, cephalopods are regarded as a species so unsophisticated they are denied even basic legal protection. Not only can a cephalopod be experimented upon live, their vivisection does not require a license. As a result, there is no record of how many are being used in lab tests or what they are being used for. But compelling new evidence about their abilities means, they may, means that may be about to change. New research has shown that octopi and their cousins, the squid and cuttlefish, are far more intelligent than previously thought. They can experience suffering and are capable of complex thought, even to the extent of using even to the extent of using tools. Now, the article goes on, but I'll add my own commentary here for a second. You know, the octopi are amazing creatures. And anybody who's interested in evolutionary biology would know about the visual capacity of the octopus or the cephalopod. You know, up until 
uh, I don't know, you know, the, the dates are really not that important because, uh, you know, I'm not even certain that anybody really knows what's going on as far as dating in these deep, deep historical things, you know, six, seven hundred million years ago. But the cephalopods and the human uh, genetic tree or the branch of the tree, we split off some six, seven, eight hundred million years ago, supposedly, a long time ago for sure. But our eyes didn't. Our eyes, they call it coevolution, And uh, our eyes evolved in a very similar fashion. The, the cephalopod's eye is almost indistinguishable from a human eye in the laboratory if you see it outside of its context, you know what I mean? But anyway, uh, octopi have this amazing ability to communicate with one another. And that, of course, is supposedly an indication of intelligence. And the way they communicate is visually. We thought for a long, long time that octopi were changing their shape and their color and uh, the surface features of their body. You know, they're soft-bodied creatures. They can morph and change. And not only can they change their shape, they can also change the surface features of their skin. They can make it bumpy or or smooth and uh, change the colors of individual cells. They have what what are called chromatophores that are cells that can change color. And we naively thought for a long, long time that they were doing this only to escape predators and for camouflage. But it's not. It's a visual language. They actually wear their language on their the surface of their bodies. They communicate with one another this way. And it's a sophisticated freaking way to communicate. Way more sophisticated than ours, probably. I mean, they live in a they live in an extremely visually dense environment. And uh, anyway, the octopi are brilliant creatures, and they're beautiful too. And I'm glad to see that people are starting to recognize that finally, as with all creatures. As with all creatures, and plants too, you know. All right, it's Mike off the soapbox for a minute, just about midnight straight up, and uh, we'll take a very short break here and come back with David John Oates on the web, www.backwardsspeech.com. You can link there also directly from my site at MikeHagan, H-A-G-A-N.com. And we'll have a couple hours of chat with, uh, with David John Oates, all right? Just uh, give me a second here to get things ready. I'll be back in just a second, all right? It's Mike, you're listening to Radio Orbit, KOPN Columbia. You're listening to Radio Orbit with Mike Hagan on KOPN 89.5 FM. Alright everybody, it's Mike, you're listening to Radio Orbit just a little after midnight, and we're going to get to our guest here right now. His name is David John Oates. 
He's the founder and developer of reverse speech technologies. And he was the first person to ever document speech reversals in human speech back in 1983. He's worked extensively since then on research and development as well as maintaining a therapeutic and consulting practice. He's recently returned to Australia where he lives and where we're speaking to him from live this evening, which is actually afternoon in Australia, uh, tomorrow, actually the 7th of November. And uh, he used to reside here in the United States for at least a number of years. So anyway, without further delay, let's say hello to David John Oates, and we'll find out a little bit about reverse speech. Hi, David. Thanks for being with us here on Radio Orbit. Oh, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Certainly, certainly. Well, as I told my audience before, toward the beginning of the program, I was first introduced to you and your material, it had to be at least 10 years ago, and I think it was on the Art, uh-huh. Bell, on the Art Bell program. Right. And I was, fa- right. I was fascinated at the time, and uh, uh, I listened every time that you were on the air, and I looked into it a little bit myself, and I was always curious, and uh, I didn't do radio at the time, and uh, now I do, and I thought, what a great opportunity to talk with David about these things that I was interested in, and that I never really quite understood, and that I never really... Um, came to a conclusion on. So uh, so thank you for being on the program. It's a great opportunity for me as an individual to sort of clarify this this whole business of reverse speech. And I can also uh, share, it with, uh, share it with the people that listen to the program. So thanks. Oh, you're, you're most welcome. Well, hopefully I can help you unravel some of the mystery and answer some of the questions about reverse speech. And, uh, yeah, I did the Art Bell show and... Uh, Oh, not just the Art Bell Show, but hundreds of radio shows right. when I lived in the United States. Sure. So, uh, so the word got out there quite a lot back, and that was back in the 90s. I moved back home in uh, 99, the end of 99, so I've been home for probably seven years now. Mm-hmm. Well, let's start off with a little bit about you. Uh, tell the audience a little bit about your background and how you got interested in something as seemingly obscure and strange as reverse speech to begin with? Yeah, well, it certainly wasn't on my uh, list of uh, things to do in my life when I was a teenager, I can tell you that. Um, uh, My very early years, I was a youth worker, and uh, I I worked with street kids and did drug rehabilitation work, uh, etc. We ran a couple of halfway houses, and and I worked a lot in that. Uh, And... Environment, and that's when I first came across uh, what was then known as backward masking, mm-hmm. which is, uh, mm-hmm. uh, I'm sure some of your listeners may remember or have heard of rumors that if you play certain rock and roll records backwards, you can hear hidden messages. So uh, I had some of the teenagers, some of some of the teenagers and kids in the halfway house who'd uh, who'd heard about this, and they were playing some of their records backwards and uh, hearing what they thought was quite clear messages there, and they right, right. came to me and sorry. Yeah, no, no, I'm just, I'm, yeah. I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm recollecting my own uh, childhood growing up with Led Zeppelin and the Beatles and all that. Right. So a- a- anyway, please right. continue. Yeah, yeah. So we'll, we'll uh, play some of these examples of reverse of the music as we can. So anyway, yes, so uh, they came to me and asked me what I thought about the whole lot and the whole thing. It's the first time I'd ever heard of what was then known as backward masking, but uh, I've got an electronics background and uh, I'm familiar with audio, so I went home that night and rewired some equipment and uh, ran some of these records backwards, fully expecting to hear nothing but gibberish. And uh, much to my surprise, I heard what appeared to be 
there'd be clear phrases in these records run backwards. And oh. uh, I was immediately intrigued. And, uh, you know, I, originally I suspected that someone had manipulated the soundtrack or there had been some technical uh, insertion or of some description, but most of the messages were not placed there deliberately. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so that's how I got started in the whole thing. And I, I spent several months just looking at music. It never occurred to me that, that it would appear in normal speech. And I found it in speech quite by accident one day. And uh, and then that put my research into a whole new direction huh. altogether when I started researching speech. Hmm. Huh. So that's how I got started. All right. Let me ask you, since it began with music, let me ask you a question about music. Uh, like I said, well, my, my, my own... Uh, my own personal experience is one of fascination with that. Uh, the Zeppelin one, in particular, I used to listen to. I used to listen to Stairway to Heaven, and when I was uh, oh, yeah. when I was a young, I was maybe seventh, eighth grade, early high school or whatever, and that was the big. It was one of the big things. Said, oh yeah, you have to listen to Stairway to Heaven backwards, and when you get to this one particular part, supposedly, uh, if you listened closely in the backwards format, you would hear the words, here's to my sweet Satan. And everyone said, oh, this is devil worship and, and, and all this sort of thing. And I never really bought into that whole thing, but I always did. I mean, I heard it, too. I heard it, for sure. But oh, yeah, yeah. Well, those phrases do exist in Stairway Heaven, which right. you can't deny that. So, but, yeah. but, 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 but the thought was always that, that they did it on purpose, Right, right. Well, because Stairway to Heaven was written in just one afternoon, so it was, it was sort of a, a great inspiration uh, uh-huh. when it was written. But, but, but no, they certainly didn't didn't do it deliberately, and uh, Led Zeppelin have uh, de- denied the whole thing, saying no, we didn't, we didn't do this. And see, uh, what they were finding in music, of course, was was an example of what I call reverse speech, which is this overall dual communication process. And my basic theory is that language is by level forwards as well as backwards. And as we are speaking, we're creating the sounds of our speech in such a way that we're saying two things at once, one forwards and one in reverse. Hmm. And what was happening in music was people were, were hearing this secondary form of communication hmm. and not knowing what it was. It got put down over the work of the devil or this is the devil, it's all scaring, you know, it's evil stuff, which is... Uh, which is fairly typical of the human race. When uh, we don't understand something, we uh, tend to uh, uh, tend to write it off as being the work of the devil. So, uh, um, <laughs> yeah. But the, but certainly the uh, backwardness of the music caused a big controversy back in those days. All right. So let's talk a little bit more about the theory itself. The theory is right. that there, that that it's a, that. Communication, like many things, apparently, is dual. It's bi-level. We, we have the forward, right. regular human speech, like you and I are doing right now, but then it exists at the same time with its reverse. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what I'm saying. This is another form of language. Um, it's, it's an automatic function of the human mind. All of us are doing it every time we speak. We're creating the sounds of our speech in such a way that we're saying two things at once forwards from the conscious and the other one in reverse from the unconscious. Uh, it's a communication process. We are all hearing the reversals of each other all the time and we're recognizing it as intuition or that gut feeling or 
sense that there's more to what people are saying. And we intuitively know that this exists because we can feel it whenever we talk to people. So, uh, um, and uh, we believe it's coming from the right brain hemisphere. All the testing that we've done would seem to verify that. it's the it's right brain hemispheric function. The right brain is speaking reverse and the left brain is speaking forward. That's <laughs> the uh, basic, but that's the uh, basis of all my work and we call it reverse speak. Okay, so the, okay, so, so assuming that it's, that that's, uh, a fair statement. What's the significance uh-huh. of it? Why is it? Why is it? Uh, why is it important that there's that there's this other level? Are they, uh, in other words, is the same message coming across in both at both levels? Oh right. Oh well, gee, that's a big question to answer. Uh, it's uh, why is it important? Well, I guess uh, to answer that question, we need to look at some of the applications of reverse speech and what it can be used for. Um, Essentially, what we're hearing in reverse is the true thoughts of the individual, what they are thinking and feeling at the time of speaking. So uh, both on a conscious as well as an unconscious level, this is coming from both conscious as well as the unconscious mind. Um, and so essentially any area where someone is talking and we're wanting to know what the truth of a situation is or extra information, then reverse speech can be used. Um, it's already been used by um, police investigative work. Is that right? Um, it'll. Sorry. That's right, really, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I uh, when I lived in Dallas, I did uh, some cases with the Dallas State Police. Um, it's being used by the Oregon Police Department now. Um, and point of fact, it's actually an optional extra in one of the training courses. Huh. And see, it will essentially tell us if someone is lying or telling the truth. If uh, if you have a suspect for a crime and he's actually committed the crime, or, um, and he's talking to the officers and he's denying it, saying no, I didn't do this. I was nowhere near the place. Or versus they come out and say yes, I did it, and this is how I did 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 it. So it can be a direct access into uh, actual human thought processes. Huh. I use it a lot in therapy. Right. Uh, that's where I use it the most. Um, I've got a therapeutic practice, and the clients will come to me, and I'll tape them, and then I'll reverse the tape, and often in that tape recording, we can get some precise reasons and causes for whatever behavioral problems or issues that they're running, and, uh, and uh, we can get a good snapshot into what's going on. Very interesting. So the idea is basically that the that human speech... When I'm speaking to you or anybody is speaking to anyone in conscious, typical, normal speech, we can decide what we're going to say. We can decide if we're going to be truthful or if we're going to be deceptive right. or whatever. But you're right. saying that this, right. uh, that you're saying that that the psyche knows one way or the other and doesn't care. And in the reverse way, the, the, regardless of what's being said in normal forward speech, somehow there will be hints or uh, or intimations of what's really motivating the person or what the intention of the person really is, whether they're telling the truth or not. Right, that's exactly what I'm saying. And we, and we can get a look into the real motives. Here, why don't I, look, why don't I play a simple example that, Ill, that illustrates this, okay? Uh, yeah, it's yeah. a really good example to start off with. This is uh, 
This is an example of John Edwards. He was uh, the running mate with uh, John Kerry. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. Last uh, presidential election. Right, we got elections. And we got elections tomorrow here in the states, by the way. Yes, yes, I know. I've been watching it on the uh, news. Be very curious to see what happens there. Hmm. Uh, but anyway, but here's um, here's John Edwards, and he's having a go at um, George Bush for negative campaign attack. So let's uh, so let's run this forward. But what have we seen? Relentless negative attacks against John. So so in the weeks ahead, we know what's coming, don't we? More negative attacks. Aren't you sick of it? Okay, so that's just a very typical clip of a politician speaking. Right, right. Now, when he says more negative attacks, I'm going to run that precise section backwards. I'm going to run it at three different speeds and see if you can hear him saying, I'd do it again. And now this is straight backwards. So here we go. I'd do it again. I'd do it again. And again. I'd do it again. So what he's saying is, I am also going to have negative campaign attacks. I've done it in, in the past, and I will do it, do again. it again. And let me reverse the whole track, and you'll hear a little bit of gibberish. It's a very clear phrase, I'd do it again, amongst gibberish, then back to gibberish once again. Right. And you can hear the I'd do it again amongst the gibberish yeah, quite yeah. clearly and plainly. And so, so that's a taste of reverse speak. That's where we are getting an insight into uh, John Edwards' unconscious, and uh, and um, uh, we can tell from that that uh, uh, negative campaign attacks is something that he's done in the past, and uh, something that he will do again. So while he's having a go at George George Bush, we're, we're hearing this extra message <laughs> in the background. And of course, that's the way yeah. politics works, basically. Oh, so there's no surprise. <laughs> In other words, it's it's interesting that I mean it, it's something that you would sort of expect almost. Yeah, right, hmm. right. And now that's an example of a politician who's lying. Now let's uh, now let's look at the other side of the coin. This is an example of a politician who's telling the truth. And this is Bob Dole, who's resigning from the U.S. Senate. I'm sorry, that didn't play. Let's, uh, let's uh, try it again. And again you do not lay claim to the office you hold. It lays claim to you. Your obligation is to bring to it the gifts you can of labor and honesty, and then to depart with grace. I speak with great passion there, and we play this in reverse, and he says, it's an honor. It's an honor. Wow. It's an honor. And again. It's an honor. So there is a example of someone being honest. It was an honour to serve in the mm-hmm. Senate. Yeah, that one. That's a that's a really that's a very very clear one there. Oh yeah, yeah, that's that's a great example of the speech, uh-huh. and um, it's a snapshot into the speaker's mind. Yeah. What are their motives? Um, what is the truth? Um, and a whole bunch of other stuff you can. Find okay, out. so all right, so let me ask you something then. Um, it seems so. It's not necessarily uh, lengthy. In other words, I could be babbling on and on about this, that, or the other thing. But within the babbling, there'll be one, or I don't know, maybe one, maybe more, but maybe short snippets that just sort of, like you say, give a snapshot of of right. the of the psyche of the person that's making the forward speech. 
Right, yeah. It's not constant in reverse. Mm -hmm. uh, they're little short, sharp phrases that are happening on average about once every 15 seconds, on average. Mm -hmm. So so it's like if we were to tape our conversation here that we're having right now and run it in reverse, about once every 15 or so seconds you'll hear a very short, sharp phrase amongst the gibberish. Um, that is what we're um, thinking and feeling mm -hmm. while we're speaking. Huh. You know, I might be thinking about the next example I want to play. So I'm, right. you, you may hear me say that in reverse. Okay, uh, let's see. Let me let me play devil's advocate for a minute before we get too deeply yeah. into the show. So for people who are going to say that uh, it's just a random occurrence and that, you know, any certain number of syllables, if you say enough things and then play them backwards, you're going to get, you're just going to get, eventually get stuff that sounds uh, like speech but really is you know it's just sort of a random occurrence what do you what's the answer to that oh sure well that's a fairly common criticism that gets thrown up quite a lot that if you take any section of speech and run it backwards you're you're bound to find a, the occasional word or phrase here and there if these phrases were happening very rarely then i could say yes there's literally to that argument but for start, they're not happening really. They're happening uh, once every 15 seconds in uh, clear, clearly defined, distinguishable sentences. Many of the time it relates directly to what's being spoken forwards. In other words, we have this relationship. The forwards and the reverse relate to each other. So what are the chances of that happening by pure chance of, of intelligent, grammatically correct sentences occurring every 15 or 20 seconds that that also relate directly to the forward speech. Mm -hmm. And if you run on odds on that, it's the odds are ast astronomical. Right, right. Okay. Um, what about the argument that people will tell you that you're just projecting, that, you know, it's really not there, and, and that, you know, you just sort of... Like being pictures in clouds. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um... Uh, there's, there's two ways to answer that. Um, um, a, yes, there is, if you are untrained, uh, there is an instance of imagination, uh, projecting into the gibberish what you see. Um, uh, and a lot of my training courses that I do are to train people out of doing that and to hearing what is actually there. Mm -hmm. um, to counter the argument of it's just projection, uh, we've done tests where we've played reversal to independent subjects and not told them what is there, mm -hmm. and uh, and they've been able to hear the uh, hear the phrase with a very high success rate. Um, mm -hmm. Often when I'm doing training classes, we'll run tests backwards and people will hear the same phrase at the same time. So um, mm -hmm. if it was just coincidence, it was just projection of the gibberish, you would expect to hear different things at right. different times. Right, um, right, 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 right. Hmm, okay. okay. All right, uh, let's see. Before we do uh, more examples, um, let me ask you about technology. I was thinking about sure. it bef before, uh, uh, before 
you came on the program uh, over the last couple of weeks as we as you and I've been talking over email and I was thinking about when I first was introduced to you and when I first heard your stuff that it was much more difficult uh I remember you know it was obviously analog tape machines that had to be sort of oh, yeah, tinkered not, with to be not. able to play backwards and and there were some special not. ones that were even being sold uh to be able to do it and now with 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 the advent of of digital technology, the way we have digital, and I'm pretty familiar with it because I use some pretty slick software here at the station and stuff, you know. Uh-huh. Yeah, um, sure. And is is that something that you've been able to take advantage of and and to to move oh, the, sure. move, move the art forward, sort of? Oh yeah, sure. Um, oh, for sure. With the advent of sound cards and um, audio programs, it's it's very easy for anyone to uh, to do reverse speech. Huh. Um, we actually have our own software that we sell on our site. Incidentally, I should give my site out. Yes, uh, please, yeah. www.reversespeech.com. That's R-E-V-E-R-S-E, speech, S-P-E-E-C-H. And if you go to my website, we've, we've got software there that you can download and install on your computer and find the reversals. A lot cheaper than the old analog tape machines that huh. we used to sell back in the uh, back in the... 90s, so you can either use our own software or there's lots of other uh, software programs on the web that you can find that'll run tapes in reverse. And the analog machines, gee, they're pretty well gone now. It's almost impossible to get them. Everything's uh, going big, digital nowadays. There's CD players and MP3 players and uh, Mm -hmm. analog tape players becoming a thing of the past now. Antique technology almost. It's amazing, huh? Mm -hmm. It certainly is. Yeah, okay, and and so you can all, and you also have the ability to speed things up and slow them down pretty, pretty easily now too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, generally, you may have noticed I uh, and you'll notice as the show continues. I play my reversals at three separate speeds. Right. Why do you Why do you do that, David? Um, well, because um, surprisingly enough, the reversals are generally uh, speed up over the forward speech. If you've got three syllables forward, you may have five syllables backwards. So they run. 10 or 20% faster mm-hmm. um, backwards than what the forward speech is. So for that reason, I run at three separate speeds. It makes it a bit easier for people to hear. Okay. And um, when I'm finding reversals myself was uh, in my own office, I generally run the tape at about 80, 85% normal speed. I find them a lot easier to hear with the tape slowed down. Okay. Hey, you said um, earlier in the program, right toward the beginning, you said that when you originally were looking into this, it was primarily because of music, and, and then you discovered it in regular speeches sort of by accident. Tell me a little bit about that. Oh, yeah, sure. Well, um, I was looking for some um, I was looking for some music from the 1920s and 1930s. I was looking for some really old music to see whether I could still find it in the music dating back that far, and so I went down to my local record shop and I bought a tape that was a compilation of famous radio broadcasts and they had some of the very early songs. So I was running uh, this tape in reverse, looking for reversals on the music, and uh, quite by accident I heard this clear phrase that said, Man will spacewalk. And I go, oh wow, what's that? And then I turned the uh, tape around over here, Neil Armstrong walking on the moon. Put it that, let's play that example now. This is uh, <laughs> this is Neil Armstrong's famous first words as he walks on the lunar surface. That's hey. one small step for man. One giant leap for mankind. 
And we run this in reverse, and he says, man will spacewalk. And again. Can you hear that there? And once more. So that was, uh, that, that was actually the, the very first um, example of uh, a backwards message in normal human speech that I ever found. <laughs> and uh, I was stunned to hear that. <clears throat> it never occurred to me that it would occur in speech. You know, I, I don't know why I never thought of that. No one else oh, seems to have thought right, about right, it either. Right, right. And, and, uh, and, and, and consequently... Your ear, your ear was already sort of tuned because you were already listening for this sort of thing in music. But so, so that's maybe maybe a for people who think, well, how do you pick it up? You were already listening for this sort of thing, and then you you, you picked it up and didn't even know it was in right. Yeah. Well, plus the fact too, I'm a ham radio operator, so that helps as well. I've, my ear's been tuned to hearing faint Morse code signals or uh, sideband signals on the radio air. Airway, so my so uh, so I'm I, I'm tuned to that e- anyway. So yeah, so my mm-hmm. ears were automatically tuned. Amazing. So yeah, yeah. So I found that example on Neil Armstrong, and then um, then about ten minutes later, I found another example in, in normal human speech, and that's uh, this example: a live commentary of JFK's assassination in Dallas, Texas. So let's just play this clip forward. Just a moment, please. Something has happened in the motorcade. Stand by, please. Parkland Hospital, there has been a shooting. Parkland Hospital has been advised to stand by for a severe gunshot wound. Now, right where he says this forwards. Parkland Hospital, there has been a shooting. I heard this clear message that says he shot bad. Hold it. Try and look up. Those three sentences all strung together. Here we go. Right and again. Can you hear that phrase there? I certainly can hear you shot in the head. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so when I heard that, I, 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 I'm going, wow, this is amazing. Here we've got two in a row: one on Neil Armstrong, and the one on the live commentary of Jack Case assassination. So, um, so um, I, I really became quite intrigued at that stage, and just stopped looking at the music and began looking at normal human speech and um, started to find the stuff everywhere all throughout speech I was I was just stunned and uh, and um, my initial thoughts was well there's something this significant there's got to be other research being done so I went and went and researched my local library and linguistics and psychology books and couldn't find any reference to this phenomenon anywhere and it became uh, fairly obvious to me after after a few months this was something uh, totally and completely new that uh, no one had discovered or come across before well yeah it, uh, it is it is very interesting and I, I have had a couple of things that have sort of come to mind in the last couple of minutes but I want to hold on to those and uh, yeah. we'll, we'll let's take a short break here okay we're at the bottom of the hour yeah. we'll come back and we'll talk a little bit more about this stuff, and I've got some questions for you, and we'll listen to more, uh, some more examples, and I'll peek in on the chat room, and we'll see if anybody out there listening has got questions for us. But interesting stuff, David, so uh, stick around just a minute, okay? Okay, all right. All right, everybody, we're listening to uh, Radio Orbit. My name is Mike Hagan. My guest tonight, David John Oates. We're speaking with him live from his home in Australia, and he's the pioneer and developer of reverse speech. And you can find out information about David on the web at reversespeech.com, R-E-V-E-R-S-E, speech, 
com, and you can also link there directly from my site at MikeHagan.com. Anyway, wild stuff, and we'll come back and get a little bit further into it with David, okay? All right, in the meantime, let's listen to a piece of music here from, uh, well, how about Mantuan Bard? This is a song called Nidor, uh, written in honor of Marco Roden. Back in just a minute, it's Mike. You're listening to Radio Orbit. It's KOPN Columbia, 89.5 FM.
Mantuan Bard. That's Nidor. It's Mike. You're listening to Radio Orbit, KOPN Columbia, 89.5 FM. And uh, KOPN's annual uh, membership meeting is coming up in January. It's time again to request your nominations for volunteers to serve on the New Wave Corporation Board of Directors. If you know anyone with a strong interest in community radio, public service, and or fundraising, organizational and promotional skills, please encourage them to submit their name. You can call KOPN in the business office at 874-1139 for more information, okay? All right, it's Mike. You're listening to Radio Orbit. My guest tonight, David John Oates. We're on the line with David from Australia. And uh, the wonderful and interesting topic of reverse speech. You can find information on the web about David at reversespeech.com, just the way it sounds, okay? And you can also link there from my site. And this program, of course, will be archived up on the web uh, as soon as it's finished up here. Get it up there sometime tomorrow. And we'll let uh, people download it and check it out and share it with their friends, okay? All right, so uh, back to it. David, hi. Hi. Still here? Yep, still here. Thanks for sticking around. You're most welcome. Alright, so where do you want to move to now? I can have so many different directions. Okay, well, I have a question. First of all, it may seem like a little bit of a left turn, but I, I have a little, I, I know enough about the occult to, to be dangerous, but not enough to be intelligent about it. But I know that there are certain practices, incantations, and certain, uh, I don't know, practices that involve speaking words backwards. Right, and I wonder well, if you've ever looked. Yeah, yeah, maybe you could expand on that a little bit. Obviously, you've, you're familiar with it. Yeah, yeah, it was one of the uh, teachings of well-known occultist Al, Al Alice Crowley, hmm. and uh, he taught in an appendix of his book Magic. Uh, if you talk backwards, or watch movies backwards, or listen to records backwards, then uh, you could actually progress backwards in time and discover. <sighs> things about yourself in your past or maybe even a past life. So, uh, so it, was, it was a method that he taught as a form of uh, hypnotic regression. Um, and, yeah, I mean, there are, there, are, uh, there are occult groups today who still practice that. Uh, you know, they all they recite the Lord's Prayer backwards or reverse the cross and, and the cross upside down. Do you think it's related? Ah, uh, oh, no, I don't think it's related. No. <laughs> Uh, no, no, no. I uh, I uh, laugh that off. To be frank, maybe I shouldn't laugh it off so flippantly. But uh, but no, I see. I don't think there's anything occultic or satanic about reverse speech. It's just another another function of the human mind, previously undiscovered. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, I, I I don't know what to say to those people who believe it is or the work of the devil, except. Uh, my only argument to that is my only statement. Well, if it's the work of the devil, then everyone on the planet is <laughs> possessed because we all speak backwards. <laughs> right, right, right. All right. Okay. Good. Okay. Uh, let's see. You mentioned uh, early on that you were working with kids. Yes. Uh, yeah, I love kids reversals. Yeah. Well, let's let's talk a little bit about that. I'm I'm I have a I have a three year old son who who. who who speaks uh, nonstop when he's awake? If he's if he's if he's awake, he's he's chatting. And I have a younger son who's not yet to the speaking age. But at any rate, I, I'm I'm fascinated with maybe what you've learned with children. Oh sure, well I love kids reversals. Um, children are speaking in reverse from as early as four months of age. Um, 
if you are to wow. reverse. Oh, wow. So, so bef- before you before you get to actual intelligible forward speech. Correct. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I've uh, I've got it as young as uh, as young as four months of age. Now they're not happening very often at that age. You'll just get a word here and there. Mm-hmm. Like mummy, daddy, hungry, help huh. is uh, is the typical type of things you'll get. Right. I've, I started getting two or three words together in a sentence at about seven or eight months of age. Um, and they might say, help me, for example. Um, I've got my daughter running around the room chasing the tape recorder. She says, what's that? And that was like at about eight months of age. Wow, so you can and actually... And by the time they're... So you can right? actually... I'm par- pardon me, but you can actually see a progression... As well, just yeah, so you, yeah. can, just so oh, you yeah. see a progression oh, in yeah, those. Amazing. Oh, yeah, you can. Oh, yeah, you can. And by the time they're um, 13 or 40 months of age, they're actually you're speaking fairly frequently in reverse. So they might be only saying one or two words forwards, but in reverse, they're, they're quite fluent. So yeah, let's, give you, here, let's play a really good example of this. This is, uh, this is a four-month-old baby, and all the parents will recognize this sound, just... Normal baby sounds forward. Here we go. And you run this in reverse, you'll hear the gibberish, and it's very clear hello right at the very end. <laughs> you hear that there? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, here, here, I'll play it, I'll play it, I'll play it again. I'll yeah, do it again. Here's the, here's the whole lot backwards and the hello right at the end. So there you go. That's a yeah, that's a your four months old child. Now see if you can hear this. This is a, this is a what's that example I told you about. I'm chasing my daughter around the room with a tape player, and she suddenly sees it and reaches out for it. Mm-hmm. That's what she says forwards. Aga, and that reverses to say what's that. Now this is about eight months of age. Wow. In the end. Do you hear that there? Yeah, what's that? Yeah, what's that? So she's obviously she, she she's assessing her surroundings. Here's this object that Dad carries around with him all the time. This little tape recorder, and uh, she reaches out for it, and what's that? You know. And that's that, that's, and, uh, a, that's an old recording that you have from from years back. Oh yeah, that's that's from my kids. So way back from 1987, they were born in '87, so. Uh, um, and that's actually when I wrote my first theory and published my first book. It was all back in 1987 when I published my first book on reverse speech. Was that be- beyond, so, yeah. beyond backward masking? Yeah. Yes, it was. Oh, yeah. good yeah. you know that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yes. Okay. Yeah, that well, was the yeah, very first book. Right, and we should mention, uh, David has written a number of books, uh, uh-huh. Voices from the Unconscious, I think another one. So any, anyway, all that stuff, if you're interested on the website, certainly all that stuff's available, I imagine, right, Dan? Oh yeah, oh yeah, sure. Just go to the site at reversespeech dot com, and go to the product sections of the website, and they're all up there, and uh, you can see them all there. Failing that, we do have a uh, have a, a toll free number in the United States in the Portland office, mm-hmm. and uh, that's one eight six six nine seven eight five nine one zero. Eight six six nine seven eight. Five nine one zero. That's our toll-free number in the United States. All right, great. <clears throat> okay, so um, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, that's fine. I was just, just going to play some more kids 
Yeah, yeah. I, I'd like to hear some more kids stuff, and I have, I have, I have more questions with regard to the kids stuff. So sure. go, go ahead and play another one, yeah. maybe. All right. Well, here's one at the 30 months of age. This is my daughter in the bathtub playing. You'll hear her splashing in the water. <laughs> Now, she was actually trying to pick up a cup, and she couldn't pick it up, and she reaches out to me for help, and when she reaches out to me, she says backwards, David, help me. <laughs> Let's see if you can hear, hear this. And we'll do it once more. There you go. So you can yeah. hear that. Yeah, I, th I think at the first speed I heard it better. I certainly heard David help. Uh, the, the music, yeah, the, yeah, the music yeah, sort of faded out. Long yeah, actually, well, let's play this at the regular speed. A, a lot of people actually prefer this example at the normal speed. The me is sort of very long and drawn out. Uh -huh. Yeah, I'll do it again. Uh -huh. David? Ah. Uh -huh. There you go. It's like me. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's sort of the way kids do stuff too. Actually, you know. Oh yeah, it is. It's really oh, funny. Absolutely. Uh -huh. Oh, that is amazing. All right, so let me ask you a question about. Um, okay, we've we, we've talked about the theory behind it a little bit, and we know that 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 one of the things that it can be used for is tr truth telling. Um, oh sure. Or the or the determination, I guess, of that sort of thing. So, with regard with regard to children, have you done any work, or have you made any observations, like, for example, when at at what point you know children start to be deceptive? Because up to a certain oh. point, you know, up to a certain point, they're probably being straight. What a very good question. Um, uh, and I only I only uh, say this because of my own son. You know what I mean? I, that's all yeah, I can think right. of. Yeah. Um, for the first couple of years, their reversals are pretty con congruent. They're saying the same things backwards as they are forwards. Uh -huh, um, uh -huh. But I think around about two or three years of age is uh, when the incongruity starts to uh, slip in mm -hmm. and you hear them saying things uh, opposite. Now, for example, here's a, here's a little kid and uh, he was being chastised by Dad for hurting his mum and he says that. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's okay. You hear that? Oh, yeah, that was forwards. That's okay. Right. Backwards, he says, it was not. Okay. Right, right, so right. that's about yeah, that's about four years of age. So mm -hmm. there you have an obvious incong incongruity where he's saying forwards, it's okay, backwards, it was not. Right, 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 right. Wow, very interesting. I, I I think that 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 says a lot about it. The fact that you can see this development. Um, oh sure. You know, in both yeah. in, in both reverse as and in the same way that you see it forward. And 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 again, just an observation that I'm sort of making as we're talking about it is that you mentioned earlier that you sort of have to sometimes there may be three or five word sentences that that are included in a in a, in a smaller sentence forward. In other words, back, right? right? So that, right. And, and that, in a way, that sort of sort of makes sense to me that they develop the backwards speech sooner. I don't uh -huh. know. For some oh, reason, yeah. it seems to sort it, of make sense with that or something. Because there's more information yeah, there. Well, 
Sorry, go sorry. No, go ahead. I, I'm sorry. I'm, I was just thinking that it seemed that it made sense that way. So. Yeah, well, m- many children's uh, cognitive functions begin in reverse before they do forwards. Kids are sometimes begin to crawl backwards before they do forwards. And, uh, Very interesting. They write letters backwards when they begin to write. And uh, and reversing functions by the human brain has been observed for many years. Sight is reversed by the lens of the eyes before it's processed by the brain, for example. And uh, uh, dyslexia is a well-known condition where, in extreme cases, people can actually uh, see things in reverse or speak back backwards. Huh. Yeah. So, um, so what I'm saying is is that uh, is is that the ch- uh, child's speech processes are also beginning in reverse, right. just like other functions. Hmm. And then, as forward speech begins, then these two modes combining. One forming what I call the overall dual communication process: forwards conscious and backwards unconscious. Hmm. Yeah, and those two together give you a clear picture of what's going on, uh-huh. or a yeah, more clear that's picture. What I believe. Right, right. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Give give you direct direct insight into what someone's really. Saying. Very. That yeah. That's that, that's the that's the amazing thing about it. So all right. So. Um, We'll do some more examples uh, in in a minute, but let's talk a little bit more about people who have. I mean, you've been doing this for a number of years now, and uh, let's talk about what other people are saying about it and, and and who's caught on. Like you mentioned, there are certain law enforcement agencies even that are using uh-huh. this, and uh, talk a little bit about what 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 you've seen happen because you know always when when something like this happens, it seems like other people pick it up and 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 do yeah. different things uh, with it what's going on with that with the whole sort of phenomenon in general well basically i'm getting as many people trained around the world as I can uh we have practicing analysts in Europe and England and uh well, of course the United states and can and can most of the air has been done in the therapeutic arena. I must admit that the therapeutic community has picked up reverse speech a lot quicker than law enforcement agencies have, and it's been developed into a into a, into a very good and effective therapeutic tool. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in in Australia, we have about a dozen practitioners in the field now who are practicing using reverse speech with uh, quite an active. Uh, active clientele, there's probably about a dozen or so in the United States and uh, maybe about a half a dozen in Europe. So it's still small. I mean, it's it's not a big field yet. Um, um, but in saying that, a lot of people come to my lectures and listen to my radio shows and they've gone home and they're doing it for themselves. So, you know, I, I really don't have a thing on the pulse of how many people out there are doing it, but there's Certainly, a, a, a large number. I mean, I get emails all the time from people who found this reverse on that reverse when they email them to me to get my opinion. You know. Right, right, right. <laughs> what about um, when you talk about therapy? We, we we sort of touched on it a little bit, but uh, it's being used primarily as psychotherapy. Yeah, yeah, as a psychotherapeutic tool. Um, it, it will give us some amazing insights. For example, here, let me let me find it here. Here's a classic example for me to play. This is uh, this is from a woman who is having relationship problems, and uh, she's talking about uh, about her relationship issues. I think I think the snippet is just after she broke up with the boyfriend. I'm just saying she marked it in the calendar where it occurred. Okay. Oh, the marks on the calendar when it shifted <laughs> the night that it happened. 
my friend Shell was just telling me about, uh, you know, what we believe. We then create an... And she has a verse on here that says, I've been molested. See if you can hear this. I've been molested. Hmm. And I'll play it one more time. Wow. So anyway, I wow. played her this reversal and she broke down in tears. Uh, yeah, she had been molested as a young child on a very regular basis and she'd never told anyone. Wow. Um, she wasn't about to tell me, yet her reversals pinpointed the source of all her problems. When she was a young kid, she'd been molested and that had affected her relationships, her ability to relate to men and and trust men, and uh, the reversals were able to come in and pinpoint a very precise and accurate cause of uh, current behavioural difficulties. And, um, you know, sometimes they'll give us the direct instructions as to what to do. Like, uh, here's a woman who's suffering from some financial problem. Well, let's play this one. She and I need to work this issue out better. It started to bring up all my money fears and stuff. And the thing is, is I'm, if I know I start sparking fear again, then it goes. Yeah, no, you don't want to do that. I should have had money issues and fear. Mm -hmm. And we hear a reversal here that says, work on my grief. Work on my grief. Work on my grief. And once more. Work on my grief. So there's a direct instruction from the unconscious that's telling us exactly what we need to do so we had to work on this woman's money fears. We've got to explore into grief into her past. And uh, this is one of the great uh, uh, applications and, and uses of reverse speech is in working with the unconscious mind and uh, finding out what's causing current behavioural problems and objective issues. And David, how often, you know, roughly, do you get results like, like you got with the one woman where you blew her mind and said, hey, look, this is what's going on, and, and you know, she broke down. Oh. And, I mean, is that is that frequent? Oh, yeah. Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. Every single week. Huh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 I, I, I have a fairly active practice. I actually work over the... I have no local clients. Most of my clients are all in the United States or Europe. And because uh, you don't need to work in person when you're doing reverse speech, you just need to get the recording of the uh, speech. And, oh, yeah, I'll get examples like that practically every week where reversal will give us a very clear indication as to what the problem is or how to work on it. And, uh, um, and it gives me some amazing break, breakthroughs in working with the client. I'm, once reversals have told me what the problem is, I then use hypnosis to go in and rewire and restructure mm -hmm. the unconscious. So it's a combination of re reverse speech analysis as well as hip. Yeah, so 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 using reverse speech to sort of diagnose, and then using hypnosis to, to to resolve the issue. Exactly correct. That's exactly what what I do. Okay. Yeah, yeah, the reverse speech is a diagnostic tool, and the hypnosis is to fix things up. Amazing. Okay, let me ask you about um, on on the same line with regard to therapeutic um, use of this tool. Huh. Uh, do you have to form a particular line of questioning? In other words, do these answers, do these backwards, um, does this information come out regardless of what the person is saying, or does it come out? Uh, uh, no, you've got to follow a particular line of questioning. Okay. Reverse speech will generally relate exactly to what the person is talking about forward. So okay. if you want right. to find right. information about relationships, then you need to be talking about their attitudes and 
and approaches to relationship. Right, right, Yeah, and there's certain questioning techniques that I follow that I, that I teach in my training classes as to how to uh, conduct the conversation in such a way that you get, A, a good quality, a good number of reversals with a high quality, in other words, they're very clear, and B, reversals that are very pertinent to the issue that they're wanting to discuss. So it's a combination. Okay, so if you want to know about relationships, you ask about relationships, but regardless of whether they're telling you the truth or not about the relationship stuff, when you listen to it in reverse, you will get intimations into that stuff. Absolutely correct. All right. And actually, I should play an, I should play an example on relationships. Let me see if I can find the one I'm looking for. Uh, yeah, go ahead and look for a second. We're, we're talking to David John Oates, yep. everybody, and uh, if you want to check him out on the web, www.reversespeech.com, and you can always link there directly from my site at mikehagan.com, and we'll have this show up in the archives in just a day or so. But we'll, uh, And we got another hour with David after uh, the top of the hour here, but he's going to try to track something down for us here now. Yeah, here we go. This is uh, this is a young man who came to me and he just started a new relationship and he was looking for answers from his unconscious whether he should be in this relationship or not. Hmm. So that's one of the thoughts. Five years on my own, travelling, bouncing around, recovering from one relationship. Now I'm in another relationship now. And where, and where he says, uh, I'm in another relationship now. Hang on, we'll play that again. In another relationship now. He says backwards, this is shallow, abandon it. Huh. Okay. So his unconscious is telling him very directly, listen, listen, this is a shallow relationship, you shouldn't be in it, you should leave, you should leave it. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't wouldn't you love to have a tool that could huh. tell you in advance whether it's gonna work or not? <laughs> wow, that's amazing. And you know, there's something interesting that happens too, it seems, in the forward speech. It's like it seems that when when these backwards phrases begin, in the forward sense, there's always a pause or a change of tone or yep. something. Yep, yep, exactly right. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, uh, the reversals generally occur in those pauses or stutters of speech, or if they suddenly change topic or increase our tonality. <laughs> and uh, and uh, I train my analysts to watch out for those cues in the forward speech because they will alert you as to when the reversal is going to occur. Wow. Amazing. All right, Dave, look, we're, we're, we're just approaching the top of the hour here, so yep. let me ask you a quick question just before, before we do that. How long, sure. how long now have you been doing this? When did you first discover this stuff? It's been 20 years. Oh, well, I started years. in 19... 19- yeah, 1984 I started, so I've been doing it for 22 years now. 22 years. And, uh, this is all I've done. This has been my full-time career for the last 22 years. Absolutely amazing. If someone had told me when I was a teenager what to do with my life, I wouldn't have, wouldn't have believed them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's one of the more obscure professions for sure that I've ever run yep. across. And, uh, and, and, it really is. And, and it's interesting too, though, because you've able... Uh, you know, lots of people do things for fun, you know, and have uh, huh. interesting hobbies and, and, you know, interesting phenomenon that they investigate or whatever, but you've actually been able to, to make it work for, uh, uh, you know, economically as your profession and, and make a living and take care of your family, et cetera. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I've been very fortunate to be able to uh, do that. Um, uh, look, 
people out, look, there's so many people out there who are looking to work with themselves and to change their deeper self, you know, to change the unconscious, to change their behaviour. And if you can come along with a tool that can help them do that, then that's what people want. And that's what I've done. I've come along with a tool that can help people look inside themselves and uh, and make, uh, make um, any changes they see fit. All right. Well, good for you and uh, and good for us for, for learning about it. So hang in there. We're at the top of the hour. Everybody, we're speaking with David John Oates. And we're lucky enough to have him on the line with us live from Australia. And he's about 15 or 16 hours ahead of us here in mid-Missouri. But we'll have him for another hour. And we'll take a break here, though. Play a little piece of music and say thanks to everybody who's listening. I'll take a peek in the chat room uh, during the break here and see if anybody out there has some questions for us. And in the meantime, here's a song that uh, we heard, as a matter of fact, when did we have Jan Irvin on the, f- uh, on the line? Two weeks ago. This is a song from a band called Revolve. The song's called Leading. And it's great stuff from a band that I hope to feature more music for, uh, from in the future. Hopefully we can do a whole program with Revolve in the future. And it's a great tune, and you can hear it right now. All right, it's Mike. You listen to Radio Orbit, KOPN Columbia, 89.5. One more time, David John Oates on the web, www.reversespeech.com. And this is Revolve. The song is called Leading.
That's Revolve, KOPN Columbia, 89.5 FM. My name is Mike Hagan. You're listening to Radio Orbit. And we'll get right back to David John Oates. Live uh, from his home, I guess. I guess we're talking to you from your home, right, David? Uh, yes, yeah, yeah, yes, in my little office here. What uh-huh. part What part of Australia do, do, you, do you live in? Oh, I'm in a town called Adelaide, which is the capital city of South Australia. It's about uh, oh, a thousand miles west of Sydney. Okay. Uh, people know Sydney's probably the most commonly known town, and uh, it's uh, down in the uh, bottom of the state. And you were born in uh, in Australia. Was that is that the part of this country oh, you were yeah. born in? Oh yeah, oh yeah, sure. Oh yeah, I was born in Adelaide. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. Wow, you know, I've been, uh, I've, been I've, I've been to Australia uh, uh, for a brief period of time. I spent about three weeks there in the early nineties. I like to scuba dive. And I was for, oh, okay. I, I was fortunate enough to be able to do some diving off uh, the I guess the east coast of the continent. There's a place called Bundaberg. Oh yeah, yes, yes. Uh, and yes, I know it well. Yeah. So anyway, that's where I, I we went to a place, this place called Bundaberg, and then and then from there took a little seaplane out to there's some wonderful little islands that aren't far, maybe you know fifty sixty miles off the coast there, and you can dive off the reef, which is just you know some of the best. Uh, Scuba diving and wildlife observing oh, on, yeah. on the planet—absolutely yeah. amazing. So, wow, good for you. That's a—it's it, a the 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 whole continent of Australia and New Zealand too are both just absolutely wondrous, magical places. Oh yeah, yeah, they absolutely are. Uh huh. Yeah. What were you doing in the states? Yeah, no, it, it, so you got you, you oh, came well, over to the states though. Uh, what brought you over here? I mean, you were living in Australia, and then you came over here, lived for what ten or twelve years, and then went back over there. Yeah. Well, I lived for ten years in the United States, so that's where all the interest was in reverse speech. Um, oh. you know, I had a lot of people in America. Well, when I first released my theory, I was fortunate enough to get some magazine articles published in the United States, and uh, and as a result of that, I was asked to come over to lecture. And I did a lecture tour. There was a lot of um, interest, and uh, um, so I packed up my bags and moved over there. <laughs> and uh, I was following my dream, in point of fact. You know, I made this amazing discovery, and I uh, dreamt about taking it to the world. And America seemed the logical place to take it to first. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's um, <laughs> let's see here. Um... We have elections coming up tomorrow in the states. Let's talk a little yes. bit about about this tool. I know you, you've probably had some fun with politicians in the past. Maybe you can give oh, us some examples. Oh, in the past, I have. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but I've done no uh, work on the current elections. Oh, I that's all right. That, that's all right. By by uh, you know just just by uh, uh, by example, I think we can we we can sort of extrapolate what we're. What, what we're getting, you know. So maybe we can give some examples yeah. of just uh, how this stuff works in politics. All right, okay. Well, we uh, played the two examples initially on uh, John Kerry. And, right, and John Edwards, uh, right. John Kerry on John Edwards and uh, and Bob Dole. Um, here's, a, uh, here's an interesting one I found on George Bush just before America mm-hmm. went into Iraq, actually. So, uh, so let's uh, run this forward. Help that nation to build a just government after decades of brutal dictatorship. The form and leadership of that government is for the Iraqi people to choose. And this reversal, quite simply, is a fairly simple reversal. It simply says, we will sit in Baghdad. 
about your library. I mean, do you have just loads and loads of these reversals? You must have thousands of them now. Oh, yes. Many thousands of reversals. <laughs> yeah, well, I've got 22 years of research. Right, and, right. Uh, uh, and I've kept all my work. I've got every uh, every tape I've ever recorded is kept. I've got thousands of tapes out, and out in my shed. And uh, on my computer, I've got thousands thousands uh-huh. of reversals in different in different subdirectories and cat in categories. So uh, it's just a matter of sorting through all the stuff to find them, you know. So, you know, I ha- I have yeah. to t- I have to tell you, I'm I'm most interested in the the reversals that are used in the therapeutic se- uh, setting because yeah. be- because they don't uh well th- th- there's a there's a certain amount of uh of salt that you have to take with the other ones because you don't because you don't have the individual there to right. you know to sort of question or whatever you're sort of but but when you're doing it in the therapeutic sense you can actually play it back and discuss it with the individual who actually made the statement and then get their response yeah. and then I mean there's no it seems that 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 there's no question about what's happening because if oh, you yeah, get yeah. let's talk a little bit more about that tell me tell me some more of those stories if you don't mind. Oh, therapeutic stories. Oh, yeah. Um, look, um, look. I've got a classic reversal to play you on the whole therapeutic side right now, and uh, well, I'll have a several to play you. This is uh, here's the woman who had as asthma, and you'll I'll get a lot of people come to me with not just psychological issues, but with physical issues as well. Right. Because many times uh, physical diseases can be caused by underlying. Psychological resolution. But anyway, here's a woman who had who had asthma, and we found a reverse on her that we had no idea what it what it meant. Anyway, let's just play the forward, then I'll play the reversal and tell you the tell you the story. So here we go. Right. Forward. He's left it in there. I have to stop telling kind of the um, door to keep the mold smell from coming out. She was talking about some mold smells that I was smelling in the house, okay? Uh-huh. And we found a reversal that said, under the floor, puff in my head. Let's play it first off. Oh, 
And again. So Peter was versatile to her. She had no idea what it meant. But out of curiosity, sake, the husband thought, well, why don't I go and look under, under the, floor, the floor? Right. That's what the reversal went. So she, he went and looked under the floorboards of the house and found 18 inches of mould growing under the entire house. Dangerous mould. So, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And they cleaned out the mould, and the symptoms of this woman's asthma uh, vanished within a couple of weeks. Uh-huh. So the reversal was able to pinpoint the source and cause of this woman's asthma. Now, she didn't know it consciously, but that's one of the great things about reverse speech is it taps into the unconscious. Mm-hmm. And knowledge that we have that is not conscious can often appear in reverse speech. You know, so, that's, so that's a, the, a fascinating example. Oh, it is. Yeah. That's a great yeah. example. You know, and the, the, the whole idea of the unconscious uh, is is a fascinating thing to begin with, you know, the fact that the fact that this stuff is bubbling up, uh, or, or or like you say, I mean, this is just a normal uh, a normal phenomenon associated with human speech, but it seems like it seems like there are maybe safety mechanisms or something built in, you know, to like human beings where you, can, you can't get away with things, or that, that the psyche and the unconscious will always get its message across, whether you like it or not. Right. Right. Exactly right. Oh, yeah. And, you know, the unconscious communicates through a variety of ways. It's not just through reverse speech. Right, right. Reverse speech is just one of the many ways in which the unconscious communicates. We all know about body language. It's been well studied and researched for uh, for many years. And uh, and uh, Freudian slips, of course, another way. And, and some people will tell you the skin tone, colours change, and uh, all sorts of things can happen. And the unconscious in so many different different ways. And uh, reverse speech, I believe, is one of the most powerful ways in which you can because it's the speaking in an audible form that we can hear and understand. Um, that uh, often time doesn't need interpretation, but uh, it is a fairly obvious and straight forward. David, uh, uh, may I ask you a personal question? Sure. Do you, do you use it in your own life, or have you ever? Uh, yes, I do. By the fact, I've just finished a round of session work with uh, one of my trained analysts myself, in point of fact, where <laughs> I've uh, done some session work for some of my own uh, personal issues. But um, if I've uh, got an important decision to make or uh, I need insight into something, I'll often get out the tape recorder and uh, talk into it, the reversals back, to uh, see what we can get. <laughs> and, uh, Very interesting. Hmm. What have you found? Yeah. Have you found it's been helpful? Obviously, it has been. Oh yeah, tremendously helpful. Oh yeah, yes, it's uh, it's helped heaps. Um, it's uh, you know well well, well um, I guess I'll well, well let's talk about it. When I came back to the United States, I actually came back under quite unpleasant circumstances. It was uh, I, I left with a lawsuit and a whole bunch of stuff that we won't even go into. But I was suffering from a suffering from a fair bit of the and uh-huh. so I did reversals on myself to uh, find out uh, one of the possible co- uh, reasons of my depression. And, uh-huh. and I'm going to play you the reversal I found. It's a real, 
It's a real appointed reversal. So let's uh, let's. And this is one. one this, this is one of this is one of your own voice. This is one of yours. Yes, this is this is one of mine. And I was in depression, uh-huh. and so I'm talking to an attack player, and I'm trying to work out why I'm depressed. And I say, you mean it's because I'm very sensitive to energy, to air, to to energy. Mm-hmm. Now I want you to listen to the emotion in this reversal. Reversal, and this gets down to some of the really deeper spiritual aspects of reverse speech. Mm-hmm. Reversal says, "My soul, give the pain." Mm-hmm. Oh man! Do you hear that? Oh, I do. And I, and, and, yeah, and I can feel the I can feel the power of of the emotion behind it too. Oh yeah, yeah, that's a real emotional. Wow, that may be. Did that tell me that the pain I was feeling was down in my soul itself? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and so I went through a round of hypnosis with one of my analysts, and we worked on that, and um, and. Uh, I got a reverse, which I don't have at the top of my hand, but I got a reversal a few months later that said my soul is well. Huh. And so we're able to see how, how through the process of session work, we'd actually gone in and done some work on the, on the spiritual level. Wow, very cool. Thank you for sharing mm. that. That was awesome. Oh, you're welcome. All right. Yeah, so I, wow. So that's where the rubber hits the road is this sort of stuff. Yep. I'm, I mean, you can you can you, you can you can sort of use it for novelty for sure, and and look at what other people may be saying, and 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 interpret uh, that. And certainly, I guess there's value in that. But boy, I really see uh, you know if 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 there's a if there's a personal um, you know personal transformative aspect of it, it's uh, it's this this sort of therapeutic work that you guys are doing yeah oh yeah yeah well the therapeutic side of it is just awesome here look let's play another one on the therapeutic side this is um this is a woman who is suffering from depression and she's talking about the need to get her life back into order again Mm -hmm. i started doing something about my life about the situations that i found myself in and this reversal says need more sunlight need more sunlight Huh. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So very direct and straightforward reversal. So what this woman did, she went and took down all the curtains from her house and cut down the trees around her window and let in sunlight into her house. And um, within a couple of weeks, her depression had completely vanished. <laughs> well, I think she might have gone to. Sorry? No, no. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that that's a, that's a prescription that a lot of people might benefit from. <laughs> Oh yeah, I think you're absolutely right on that one. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Wow. All right. Yeah. So, uh, so that's an, another great example where reverse speech has been used to uh, to actually pinpoint a problem or an issue or give a solution. Yeah, I mean that's what's really cool about. It. I mean sometimes it talks about the problem or points to a particular issue or whatever, but then other times it actually says, it actually gives instruction what to do. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Yeah, and that's, that's why it's such a powerful therapeutic modality is it's, is it's the first therapeutic, it's the first therapy that I know of, except for maybe hypnosis, but where you can get direct instructions from the unconscious mind in clear, audible form. You can sometimes get that from hypnosis, uh, um, in certain deep levels of hypnosis, but but, but not in this uh, very clear and obvious way. 
where it's very obvious and apparent exactly what the reversals are saying, what needs to be done. All right. Um, let's see. We got a few minutes here before we have to take a break again. Yep. Let's uh, let's. Uh, I'll let you sort of indulge yourself. Give us another one. Toss some. Oh, right. Okay. Well, let me see. What? Uh, oh, well, let's talk a little bit about the therapeutic side again. Here's a, here's a husband and wife who were who were coming to me for uh, counselling, and the, the wife's talking about giving the husband in, instructions. Uh, if he if he expresses his point of view quite vividly or violently, then it actually comes back on him. And um, I show him unconditional love, and he actually learns from his mistakes. And this reversal says, heal the love while you're living. <laughs> and the reversal basically saying, listen, fix this up right now. You know, don't wait till it's too late. You know, heal it now, while you're living, while you're alive. You know, you don't want to let this thing die. So uh, work on it right, right now. 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 Uh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, and, and so that was... When you, let me ask you a question with regard to that, and, and that particular one, and also that sort of uh, situation. Huh? Uh, when you're, How often do you work with couples? Do you do that pretty often, or is it... Oh, Once no, a while, not whatever. as often as I'd like. You know, I may work with a couple a year, two or three married couples a year. Right, I, but most of my business tends to be individual. Right, but yeah. enough that over time you've had at least a number of experiences in that particular... Oh, yeah, you know. oh, sure, sure. Do you sure. find, do you find uh, that, that both parties... Um, Buy into it. In other words, do, you know, or do you, or do you, ever, or have you found where, where you know, one man or the woman, whatever, uh, I, and, and that's assuming that they're male-female relationships, regardless, you know, um, that that one of the parties says, oh well, I don't, I, I don't buy into that, and the other one maybe says, well, yeah, I like, I, I like the idea, and I think that we can use that to help us, or oh yes, I've come across that. Um, often it's the your wife who's dragging the husband along, and the husband like <laughs> To uh, do this and uh, and uh, says, yeah, I don't buy that reversal. I don't accept that. <laughs> you know, right, yeah. Um, yeah, women seem to embrace this technology a lot more readily than men do for some reason. So, and and part of that, you know, seventy-five to eighty percent of all the people I trained in the field are female. Really? So, um, um, yeah, yeah. So uh, women are uh, my largest proportion of clients, and also my largest proportion of Students, what um, what are you finding abroad from from your students and from the practitioners now that are, that are that are doing the work that you've taught them and by extension other people are learning now are 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 other people uh, seeing results like you like you've seen? Oh yeah, oh sure. Well, and part of that, some of my students are doing better than better than me. They've actually gone and surpassed me and they've gone into new territory. Um, uh, you know, they've, um, uh, some of my trained uh, analysts have incorporated their own uh, modalities into reverse speech. Like I've got a, uh, a practitioner in Australia who's an NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming right, practitioner. Right, right, right. And she's incorporated a lot of her NLP techniques into the reverse speech that I've taught her. So she's been able to take this one step further and add some of her own unique skills into the field and that will happen more and more of course as more and more people get trained and, uh, and different people will bring their own skills and the unique approaches and uh, 
and the technology will uh, grow and and become a little bit more refined as time goes on. Yeah. All right. Well, look, it's uh, it's amazing actually. What uh, you, you know, it's like a seed, and I, I've I haven't been paying attention to the whole reverse speech thing for a long, long time. I started paying attention right. again just a few weeks ago, and uh, you know. Just because you're paying attention doesn't mean that things aren't still happening, and it's uh, it's something that has, has has really sort of taken on a life of its own, apparently. Oh yeah, oh 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 yes, it certainly has. It's certainly grown from its uh, from its very uh, from its very early beginnings when I first uh, came to America back in the early nineties. And yes, it it has taken on a life all of its own. And uh, a couple of students who I've trained are now training their own students. So. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and that's how something grows. It starts off small like that and just slowly uh, spreads out. And, uh, and it's you know it's it's very rewarding and gratifying for me to see to uh, sit back and watch something that I've created and developed be used and uh, be used uh, in a very positive way. Mm-hmm. And you know it's sort of um, it's sort of a proof is in the pudding sort of thing for me. In other words, there are many many things that are out there that people tout and do this or that or whatever, but the fact that, that the fact that so many people have grabbed onto this, checked it out, done it themselves, and then decided, well, look, I'm going to continue this and, and either make a living doing it or, uh, or share it with other people or whatever, and that it has continued and it hasn't uh, you know, faded away because that's typically what happens. I mean, over time, if something doesn't hold water, it just fades away because, because people just won't continue to do it, you know? So obviously, uh, the people that have looked into this seriously and, the, and that are uh, that are practicing it have found it to be authentic. Yeah, 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 oh yeah, yeah, yes, I yeah, totally, uh, totally agree with that. And you know, some people come into it and they've come into it quite skeptically, and sure. uh, yeah. and as they've sat down and looked at the evidence and looked into it more and more, they've gone, hey, there really is something. To this, and you know, the reversals speak to themselves. Speak for themselves. Some of them are so clear and striking. Uh, I, I, I just don't know how anyone could doubt them. Yeah, some of them are just like whoa. And in fact, in yeah, fact, absolutely. The, the most, the most stunning one that I've heard tonight was your own, quite frankly. Oh, me and my soul give the pain. Wow, yeah, that's, a, that's that's a classic reversal. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, look, it's uh, bottom of the hour here. Yep. Let's take another break, okay? And we'll, okay, we'll, all right. All right, good. Uh, hang in there, David. We'll be back in just a moment. Everybody that's Spike, you're listening to Radio Orbit, KOPN Columbia, 89.5 FM, on the web at kopn.org, and, of course, my own website at mikehagan, H-A-G-A-N.com. If you click over there, you can zip right over to David, uh, David John Oates' website, and uh, David's site is reversespeech.com, and there's a whole bunch of interesting stuff over there. And, you know, in a two-hour interview, we can do what we can do, but we're just touching the, the tip of the iceberg, as we always do with these types of conversations. So if you're interested and it sparks you, take a look over there and go take a little bit more time and investigate it, because obviously there are lots of people that think that this is very uh, interesting and worthwhile uh, material. All right, okay, look, you've been with me for two and a half hours, so as a bonus, you get to hear... Some new music um, that I just got in the mail today. I'm going to feature this band for an entire program, probably on the 18th of December, I think. 
with J. But anyway, the band is called Canal, or Can Now, and I'll tell you a little bit more about them later, but uh, their music sort of speaks for itself. Uh, for itself. This song is called Oxlahun. It's Mike, you're listening to Radio Orbit, KOPN Columbia, back in just a minute.
nature and the mind in harmony. Good stuff. Great new music from a band called Canal. They're from Boulder, Colorado. We'll have more from them in the next couple of weeks. Actually, I'll probably feature them, like I said, on December 18th. Their music is sort of Mayan in uh, its creation. And so it's a good time to play that stuff with Jay Widener, I think, on the 18th of December. All right, so anyway, back to tonight, however. And we've got... About 20 minutes, probably, to talk with David John Oates, finish things up here. And uh, one more time on the web, www.reversespeech.com. And you can also uh, directly link over there from my site at Mike Hagan, H-A-G-A-N.com. All right, David, hi. Thanks for sticking around. Uh, you're most welcome. I always enjoy talking about reverse speech. Yeah, it's a fascinating topic, and I'm glad that we did the show. Um I had, uh, first of all, apologies for people that listen on the archives. I lost the feed uh, on the stream, so uh, it's back now, but uh, sorry if we lost you. At any rate, uh, I did get a note from a couple of people, actually, on email that uh, sent me notes via email uh, instead. And one, David, that I'd like to ask you, and it's a good one, is has reverse speech been demonstrated in other languages? Oh, yeah, that's a good question. Uh, yes, it has. Uh, we've trained students up in about, oh, four different languages now. Uh, German, um, Spanish, French, and we have someone doing it in China, too, surprisingly enough. And, um, uh, yeah, it's occurring in every language that we've looked at so far. Um, I would presume that it would occur in every language, Um uh, it appears to be in the language that someone is thinking in at the time of speaking, like if someone is bilingual and um, uh, if they're thinking in their native language and mm. translating in their head, then the verse could still appear in their native language even though they're speaking in, in English. Uh-huh. So, uh, so that's a quite an interesting little twist on the whole thing. But uh, uh, yeah, so it's occurring in all languages. Well, it's occurring in... In every language we've looked at so far, and and I wouldn't be at least a bit surprised to see it across the board. Right, it seems to be a general psychic phenomenon. Right. Yeah. Exactly correct. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's a natural. Well, the theory is it's a natural function language. All of us are doing it all the time. <laughs> okay. Um. Well, what do we do with it? All right. What do we do what with do it? What do I do with it? No, what do we do with it as as you know as people that are living in the world and looking around oh, saying, you what know, what does humanity do with it? Yeah. Oh, and looking at the at the cosmic uses of it. Oh, well, that gets into uh, philosophical questions. Um on the surface level, I you know, it's an amazing investigative tool. I mean, I'm surprised the police departments haven't started using it more and more because it's a uh, it's, it's a great way to determine truth and error. So that's one use of it. But you know, you know the reason. Ultimately, the, the reason you right, won't. Right. The, re, the reason. The reason you won't find the cops using it 
is because they'll start to use it on themselves. And unfortunately, you'll find out <laughs> stuff that they don't want you to find out. <laughs> oh, yeah. You uh, hit the nail right on the head on that one. You know, yeah. or, or uh, anyway. Yeah, you know, ultimately, though, I believe, uh, you know, I've got a philosophical approach to it. I think that ultimately, given, say, 100 years of it, Society being exposed to reverse speech is going to uh, help lead us into a uh, age of truth where uh, people will have to be honest to themselves and honest to others because uh, the very fact that it exists means that uh, the human mind is no longer uh, private. There's a way to go in and look and see what we're thinking and feeling. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I'd love to be a fly on the wall over the next uh, few decades to uh, see what society does with it. But, you know, it's still in its early infancy stages. We've right. got a long way to go yet. But we'll get there. Right. Well, surely. Has there been any uh, any correlation done between reverse speech analysis and then something like maybe a polygraph or maybe... Uh, um, what are other ways... Like maybe MRI, like... I know this is probably sort of high-tech now, but maybe, you know, it seems to be that they're getting close to being able to look at brain uh, yeah. activity to tell whether a person is telling the truth or not. It would be interesting to see if it correlated in something like that. Yeah, I've done no work in that area, so so I can't answer that question. I, I, I don't know whether there's a correlation. Um, I would be surprised if there wasn't one. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but no, I've done no work. The closest we've ever done to that is run some EEG tests on people who are hearing reversals. And uh, we've noticed uh, rapid activity between the left and right brain hemisphere while a reversal occurs, but that's the only uh, that's the that's as far as we've we've gone in that sort of area of, of testing. Okay. All right. Well, um, what do you want to talk about for the last uh, last few well, minutes? Well, I know. Why don't we look? You know, look. I've got one reversal up here. That's a funny one. I'll play this one, and then we might play a couple on uh, some some of the forensic cases. Scott Peterson, Patsy Ramsey. But uh, here's wow. a funny reversal. This is this is a man who came to me uh, looking for blocks he had to making money. <laughs> he was talking about wanting to set up a kitchen business and make ten thousand dollars a week. So here is Gordon. I'd certainly like to have a business that was um, uh, maybe a kitchen business, company, a small kitchen company that was probably netting ten grand a week. Something in that kitchen company in terms of what building kitchens. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah uh, in, in that particular field. Um, ten, ten grand a week. Great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I was looking at the net amount of that. Um, and uh, backwards, he says, "My <laughs> wife will keep spending it." Here we go. My wife will keep spending it. My wife will keep spending it. There you go. There's there's a nice funny one. <laughs> Oh, man. Ain't it the truth? Yes. <laughs> yes, that'll certainly stop the money from coming in. My, wife, my wife's asleep and, and uh, right now, and so she and she doesn't listen to my radio program, at least not this late usually. So lucky for me. She, right. But but certainly, yeah. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah it is. <laughs> All right, here's the reverse on Scott Peterson. Now, for those of you who don't know, Scott Peterson was... Uh, uh, convicted of the murder of his wife and uh, sentenced to death. He now sits on death row in the state of California. It, it was a fairly big case uh, last year. Um, the interesting thing about it, there's an interesting uh, twist to the case is uh, when they eventually found his wife's body, she'd been decapitated and uh, there was no way they could find out the cause of death. Um, uh, 
there was no obvious cause of death in, in the rest of the body, but without the head, they were unable to determine a cause of death. Wow. Anyway, we've got a reversal here that I think is Scott Peterson telling us how he killed his wife. Now, here, he, here he is on TV and is being interviewed by a reporter. And the reporter says to him, did you murder your wife? And here we go. Did you murder your wife? No, no, uh, I did not. And I had absolutely nothing to do with her disappearance. And, and where he says this, no, no, I did not. No, no, uh, I did not. He says in reverse, neck, I hit hard. Here we go. Neck, I hit hard. And once more. And so I think as he's saying, no, I didn't murder her, he's flashing back to the crime scene in his mind. And, you know, he hit her hard on the back of the neck. Mm. I hit her. Oh, man. So, uh, yeah, so that shows some of the application forensic. And uh, here's a reversal found on Patsy Ramsey, John Bonet's mother, Ramsey's mother, that we will play, that will get your listeners uh, thinking. Here um, she's on TV. Of course, we all know the story of uh, John Bonet Ramsey, the little beauty queen who was now murdered in Boulder, Colorado, on Christmas of '96. Mm-hmm. And uh, wow, this day, the case is still unsolved. Yeah, yeah, yeah ten, ten years ago, some chat recently came forward. John Carr claimed uh, he killed John Bonet, but his DNA didn't match, and so they excluded him from the case. So the case still remains unsolved. Mm-hmm. Anyway, here's Patsy Ramsey on TV saying she feels there's at least two people out there who knows who committed this crime. We feel like there are at least two people on the face of this earth that know who did this. And that is the killer and someone that that person may have confided in. And in reverse, she seems to tell us who that person is. And she says, I'm that person. I'm that person. And once more. So, was Patsy Ramsey the um, killer, or is she the person who knows? It's a little bit ambiguous, but it uh, it certainly causes one to ask oneself some serious questions. And uh, I've got a whole, uh, I've got about a hundred reversals on my website, or going right into the Ramsey case. So if anyone's interested in following that up, you can go to my site, www.reversespeech.com. There's also a whole bunch of reversals there on Scott Peterson and also O.J. Simpson. And, uh, yeah, you do can you actually, find, I've got over... Do you find consistencies oh, yeah. throughout, the, throughout the, the clips? In other words, that one there would seem to indicate that, yeah, Patsy Ramsey somehow was involved. Do the other hundred also seem to indicate the same sort of thing? Yeah, I don't think they actually did the crime themselves. I don't find any evidence in the verse that says they actually did it, but I do find evidence in the verse that That says they were involved in the car up and they knew. So there you go. So so I can't say that they did it, but I can say that they know a whole lot more than what they're doing. Yeah, that's such a weird story that you know there's something missing still, you know? It's like... Yeah, there is something missing still. Yeah, I'd love to get a hold of the... uh, Police interrogation tapes of the Ramseys. They would, they oh. would just be amazing to do reversals on, and uh, we would get all the answers from that, I'm sure. I've only just got a few small snippets of sound bites from a couple of TV interviews I did a while back, so it makes it a bit difficult. You know, I'm going to actually, you know, I'll, I'll mention something to you here, and maybe we can talk further about it off the air. 
There's um there's a case here in town actually, uh, a murder case that involves oh, yeah yeah that, that that involves a friend of mine a close friend of mine's son, and and he was convicted along with a friend of his uh, for murder of a man who lived here in town about I guess it was two thousand. Two or 2003, I forget, three or four years ago. But anyway, he's been in jail for the last year, and anyway, it's a very controversial case, and uh, there's all kinds of questions about it. The Dateline or CBS did one of these specials on it, uh, you know, it, it's just a very weird, it's one of these really weird cases. It's not unlike the John Bonet uh-huh. case in, in, in some ways, uh-huh. right? Happened on Halloween night, was a, a gruesome, oh, yeah. yeah, it was a, a gruesome murder of a of the sports editor of the local uh, paper here in town, and he was a you know sort of oh. he was sort sort of a you know a public figure of 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 sorts, and everybody knew him. And anyway, he was brutally killed in the parking lot of the paper of the the Columbia Tribune here in town, and and they found not nothing for uh, for two or three years after his murder, and then um, anyway, long story short, one of the boys who was eventually convicted based on a dream that he had, apparently, uh, said that he remembered him and his other friend killing this guy. And, even, and next thing Really? You know, yeah, next thing you know, they were both in jail. Uh, one of them confessed. The other one said, no way, I had nothing to do with this thing, and, and my friend has lost his mind. And, and uh, anyway, it's a very weird story. And I would, uh, I would love to know more about it. And I, and I have access to all those. The reason that you made me think about it is because I think I have access to the interrogation tapes and all that stuff from the. Um, oh, really? So, so, so I might, I might have, I might have a, uh, uh, I might have a job for you or, or, or a project for you that I could, sure. uh, or at least. Yeah, um, look yeah, and certainly my friend might at least be uh, interested in uh, in your insight. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Can't do any harm. Yeah, can't do any harm. And and uh, anyway, it's. As I'm sort of extrapolating now, you know, but I mean, the like so many of these amazing new things that we're learning about human beings and the world and the universe, I mean, reverse speech can be greatly beneficial. We can use it to do all kinds of things. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the applications of this technology are, are very exciting and far-reaching, I believe. And... Uh, like I said earlier, let's just watch it over the next 10 or 20 years and uh, see where it goes. And, uh, mm-hmm. I think you'll be hearing a whole lot more about reverse speech and uh, seeing it being used a whole lot more too. All right, let's tell people a little bit more about how they can sort of do it themselves and we'll give them an opportunity to learn about it through your website again too. Uh-huh, sure, okay. Uh, well, go to my website, www.reversespeech.com. Uh, on the website, there is a, a software package that you can download and install on your computer uh, that will help you assign reversals for yourself. It'll undertake forwards and backwards, allow you to vary the speed, speed it up and slow it down. It's got a whole bunch of other little uh, nice, little unique features on the software. Uh, we have a one eight. Uh, we have a toll-free number in the United States if you want to call us on that, and that's one. If you want to get trained in the field, uh, I have a very active correspondence program 
and of course they're looking for as many people as possible to get trained and that's how the technology is going, is going to grow. The more people we get trained and uh, the more people will know about reverse speech. And um, like I said, uh, a lot of people are trained and now uh, doing this full time as their own career and profession and making a living out of it. So, uh, so if you think about a new career and something that's, that's a little bit unusual, well then reverse speech certainly fits that category. All right. Yeah. Well, well. Um, and and you personally, what uh, what what's your plan for the for, for the future? You're just going to sort of continue along the same track. Oh yeah, basically. Uh, I'll be continuing doing what I'm doing, seeing clients and training students. Um, I've got a lecture tour in America coming up in October next next year, so I'll be traveling around the country. We haven't got. Uh, the, um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be a keynote speaker at a uh, conference on, in the Grand Canyon in October in, you know, of 2007, and uh, I'll be doing some more travelling around America. So uh, uh, hopefully I'm off to Europe next year too to do some lectures and start some training classes up in Europe. That would be very nice to see that happening. So you know, it's just onwards and upwards, and getting the word out there as best as best I can. All right. Well, David. Um Look, uh, I was going to say goodbye, but I'm going to have I have one more question here that came in from email, and it's a question that I was sort of sure. going to ask myself, and it's not really about re- reverse speech, and you can answer in as much or as little detail as you want, but uh, people just want to know how your daughter's doing. Oh, oh, thank you very, very much for asking. Yeah, she's she's doing very well. She's she's recovered remarkably well. You know, she's still got a ways to go. Um, and she uh, she fell three stories at a shopping centre for those who don't know, and uh, suffered severe brain injury. We almost lost lost her, but uh, she uh, made a really remarkable recovery. She's home now and uh, and uh, getting better every single day. So, uh-huh. Yeah. All right. Well, that is yes, a wonderful. Sir, thank you for well, it's wonderful yes. news and great a great way to to finish our talk. I think that's great to hear, David. And yeah. I'm very very I'm I'm sure you couldn't be more pleased. So. Yeah. Thank you. All righty. Well, look, uh, it's been a pleasure, and uh, thank you for the work, okay. and thank you for uh, for this amazing uh, discovery that you brought to us all. And I'm I'm sure that people will uh, obviously, uh, like they've been doing for the last 20 years, pick up on it and uh, and look into it for themselves and see what they can find. Yep. Okay. Well, thank you for having me on the show. I I do appreciate it. All right, David. Enjoy yourself. Take care of yourself. Okay. And uh, as I tell everyone, uh, the show will be up in the archives tomorrow, so I'll make sure I send you an email and let you know it's there. Okay. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I'll link it from my side. All right, great. Take care of yourself, David. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, everybody, there you have it. The wonderful David John Oates. Thanks very much, David, for the program and uh, the time you spent with us tonight. We will talk to you off the air about uh, that other little thing I was just mentioning. So, anyway, all right, everybody, it's Mike. You've been listening to Radio Orbit. We've got about five minutes left here. I just saw... My good friend Cheryl Clapton roll in. She'll be playing some wonderful tunes for you for the next few hours. And let's see. I think that I'll finish things off here with a song, some bluesy stuff uh, from Larry Norager. But uh, let's see. Before we do that, let me quick say, come on back next week. We'll have plenty of time to talk. I'm not going to have a uh, uh, an official guest. Maybe we'll talk to somebody briefly. You never know. But... Uh, for the most part, we're going to have open lines and open chat next week. So if you're interested in uh, catching up or got any questions or comments or whatever, we can talk about all that stuff next week. 
and we'll come up with some good music to play as well, okay? So, we'll do that. In the meantime, check it out on the web, www.mikehagan.com. And, of course, KOPN, always on the web, www.kopn.org. All right, thank you for listening. We'll be back in a week. And, like I said, stick around. We've got Cheryl coming at you in just a few minutes. This is a song by Larry Norger, my wonderful web wizard. And it is called simply The Blues. Don't know.